Panago Pizza presents S-D-P-P, the Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! You know what? I'm not really sure how this weekend went for you guys, but I feel fine, just fine. Fine, just fine. It was okay. It was better than I expected. Yeah, I expected to be sick. Nothing. Nothing. Well, I mean, other than the throwing up part. Yeah, right. There, there's a few iffy uh, trips to the bathroom for number two, but other than that, it was all right. Did you make it? Oh, I made it. It's yeah. just the end result isn't fun. Ah, see, that hasn't been a problem for me. My body's like, yeah, whatever. It's weird. I was expecting the opposite. Who's eating right now? Leave a comment <laughs> down below. <laughs> Dude, we're, dangle we're talking about how on Friday, 6,000 people tuned in to watch us eat hot dogs. And we, uh, how many did we eat? 24 over the course Combined. of 10 minutes. Yes. Combined. Mm-hmm. So I had like eight or nine, Steve had eight or nine, and Jesse had six. Yeah, I had six. That's so, and, and not bad, right? Not a bad total. But when you compare and contrast that with the guy that, the two guys that were really, really good, that Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi, yeah. um, those guys can do double that in 10 minutes, right? Triple. They can do like 50. Triple. Triple. The record is 74. We had 24 combined. So if you made us into one person and triple it, we'd still lose by two hot dogs. Yeah. Whoa. I think if we had their hot dogs, which are, they have like the super thin buns and the tiny wieners. I think oh. you, up our, <laughs> you up each of our totals by like three. I've got but one of those anyway. That, <laughs> even at that point, you know? Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> Sorry. hey. No, you're, you're, but still, you're right, Jesse. And, but, but here's the thing. Are those... Are those hot dogs like available or are they, are they like competition hot dogs and they're only available? Like, I'm not kidding. Like, is this, <laughs> you know, like, stores? like this is, NHL yeah. pucks, you know, yeah. how, like a puck you get that you, is game ready is a little exactly. different than the one you get at Canadian Tire, right? This, <laughs> this, this paste is a Joey Chestnut game used hot dog. <laughs> right. Yeah. There has to be, there has to be an international out. standard for eating competitions. There right? must. Else, yes. you, else it would be, you couldn't count the records. Because it has to be the same over the course of all the all the competitions. So I assume there is. To our conversation about boiled, barbecued, or microwaved, mm-hmm. they have to all be cooked the exact same way. Which to me, using a barbecue is out of the question. Why? Because they'd all be like depending on the different uh, flame that it's on. Like one flame could be hotter than the other. What maybe they get burnt or overcooked or I don't I think, know. I think they get barbecue is a little bit more volatile. Oh, yeah, I guess. Good. I guess. I mean, I, I think that they, I think they boiled them for the uh, for the, the hot dog festival thing, whatever they call it. I would that. think they ha- would have mm. some sort of uh, like timed grill where it's mm. like we put this down, we put a hundred down at a time, we put it down for ten minutes, you lift it up, they're all the same. Like, done, uh, you know? yeah, like yeah, some sort of massive McDonald's. George Foreman, yes. yeah, like a yeah. McDonald's kind of setup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, I got a question. That uh, what is it? something island what do they call that what what's the what's the event called i can never um it's in new jersey where they, where they have the hot dog eating contest what is it called is it i know coney it's like island? nathan oh coney island yeah, yeah. yeah. Coney, it's it nathan's is. or whatever yeah nathan's, that's coney one island something. that's one ridiculous sporting event where i've always looked at that and said you know one time in my life i'd like to go to that i think that'd be <laughs> kind of fun don't you think It'd probably be anticlimactic, but to say that you were there, because there are always like hundreds of people there. Another thing I would like to do is go to a dart match. I'd love to go to England yeah. and go to yeah. a dart match. And in fact, I'd like to go with you two, because I think that that would be the most fun. You just get a bunch of pitchers, 
and you stand on your chair and you yell at the people throwing darts. And you I just, just think go that nuts. I don't know why they're going nuts. I don't even understand darts. But man, it sounds like it just looks like a party. It's crazy. You'd know by the end. You'd you'd know by the end. You know what? You know what Olympic event? Um, no work is getting done during. What's that? Curling. Curling. So I was in the CBC studio for Sochi. And just everyone was distracted by curling, which we all thought was the most boring, dumb thing at the beginning. Well, not all of us. CBC, a bunch of people did curling highlights. But by the end of it, it's like on the eighth rock. And we're like, look, 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 look. <laughs> Everything. Look, look. No, it's, it, no, it's not the right spin. It's not the, it wasn't the right spin. They didn't have the right spin. Like, we all had our opinions on it. <laughs> Apparently, my dad went to um, the Olympics in Athens in 2004 with work. Because um, he worked for the CBC. And, uh, and he was escorting some clients there, I guess. And, you know, major sponsors and things like that. And, um, you know, just a, he's just like, you know, normal sales rep guy. And he's getting to do a lot of things that, you know, you'd have to go to multiple Olympics to do because CBC had the rights to the Olympics. And he said the best part about the Olympics for him, that they were the summer, the ga- summer games, was the Australians. Because if you went to a rowing race, anything with paddles or rowing or whatever, they've got a whole bunch of chants and stuff that they do. And then I guess they yell oi every time the paddles hit the water. So <laughs> but you can imagine the, the Aussie yeah. boats. And I think the Aussies always do really well in that category too. And they're, they're, like you could see the paddling. It's like oi, 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 oi. And, like, and, and even like uh, basically the rest of the crowds are just there kind of laughing at them. But, but apparently the Australians at the Summer Olympics are the people to hang out with. That's another thing I'd love to do is just go to one event, at one summer event, one winter event at the Olympics. Just one. I know you've, you've done the winter thing, Steve, but I'd really yeah. like to do that. Yeah, how, so did you get to do everything when you went out to Vancouver? Were you just like there for the two weeks? And... Uh, no, I only saw one other event live. That was the one bummer. I, w- I wish we could have gotten up to Whistler. Yeah. We saw, um, you know what we saw? We saw speed skating, but oh. it was long track. Oh, long track. <laughs> I like speed skating. Speed skating's fun. Long track is like an hour Short? though. Yeah. That's okay. Oh, and you can't tell who's winning. And like, literally, I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Look fast. Long track speed skating sucks. If you're good at it. Great. I'm not saying you're not an athlete. I'm just saying it's boring to watch. Short track speed skating is hilarious because each and every race, the slowest person could lose, or sorry, the slowest person could win mm-hmm. just because they were the only one who didn't crash, which is more or less how the gold medal is handed out yeah. year in, year out. I love when they have to do that cross too. Oh, they just yeah. Each That's like, <laughs> it's like the demolition derby. Like if you've ever seen, I don't know, on, on uh, there used to be a network called Speed and uh-huh. my dad had it because he's a huge racing fan and, uh, they used to have on like Saturday nights and stuff, they'd have this like, you know, deep south, crazy mud racing things. And then they had this thing where there's eight school trucks or school, uh, school buses in a figure eight. And the whole point is to last, they, they drive in a figure eight and the whole point is to last as long as you possibly can. And then the last bus standing wins. And <laughs> it's, the most, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And every time I see that at the Olympics with the speed skating, they're like, oh, my God, they're doing the bus thing. It's the exact same thing. That's how Canada won gold uh, in 2010 in Vancouver. Like, someone fell, and then they almost lost it because they were falling as they went over the finish line. Oh, it's wild. It's it's, yeah, but we, yeah, we saw the wrong one. Yeah. I saw <laughs> a lot of hockey, though. I saw every men's game except for 
the round robin game against Switzerland where Crosby won it in the shootout. And I saw a lot of the women's games too. Can't remember how many, but I saw the gold. But where yeah. were you for the golden goal? For well, for, for which one, Jesse? There was a uh, uh, for <laughs> Mar- the golden goal. I what? know, I know. <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Um, Listen to this guy. I know. I, know. I, know. I was you. close. I was on. I was on the side of the ice that Jerome Ginla was on. So when he fell down, he sort of like disappeared mm-hmm. from from my sight line. So I was way up in the bleeders. Um, on Luongo's glove side, right? So Luongo's oh, at the other left, end of the ice, left hand, yeah, at the other end. So oh, when Aginla okay. fell down, he sort of disappeared, and the puck goes in. Yeah, and nobody like, but it, Crosby knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it really did take us a nano. Like it, it took us a second to figure out that the puck was even in, not just because we couldn't see it, but and I always hate saying this to Americans, we couldn't believe that's what beat Ryan Miller. Mm-hmm. He was, he was so, good. so good. Yeah. He was so good all tournament long. And that is yeah. what did it. A mistimed poke check. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly took a team that was pretty talented, but not like they were not, they don't, they were not I mean, better than Canada. America now has way better top-end talent than America then did. And I think it's just oh, yeah. the cycle they were in. But, you know, this was the era between, in between the guys like Brett Hull, who were, you know, just throwing pucks in the net, and, and Mike Medano was on the downside, and I don't even know if he was on that team. But, like, you know, those, they had, like, this amazing team, like Jeremy Roenick and all those guys um, around, like, the 2000 to 2006 era, like that. And then they sort of went through a bit of a down. And now I think – I mean, if you look at the American players now, I wonder, going into the Olympics, Canada is always obviously one of the top favorites. But, boy, I, I don't know how the U.S. Doesn't, doesn't seriously scare Canada at this point. If there, if there was an Olympics now, if I've they were never, doing a hockey tournament now with NHL players. I, uh, I can't imagine what cheering against Austin Matthews would be like. Like, ever since the Leafs got that pick, I've never cheered against them. There was the one World Junior, and that's it. And North America, you know. Oh, no, I cheered for – okay. If if it was a North America versus Canada gold medal at the World Cup, I'm 100% cheering for North America. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? Why? What do you mean, why? Because they're the fun, (laughs) plucky team, and they're they're the underdog. They don't even represent anything. (laughs) They're the underdog. They they represented fun. The country they represented was fun. Right. Then there was some of Europe. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And there was just we screw defense. We have black and orange jerseys. They're super dope. Watch this. We they should have been called Team Watch This. Yeah. Because that was every goal. What was the top line? It was McDavid, Matthews, and Knifley. Oh, like, they have three centers <laughs> because why not? It's amazing. Just, Who was uh, the head coach of that team? Don't oh, tell me it was Torts. No, um, because if it was, man, they didn't play Torts style. Who's buddy? Who's in LA right now? I think it was him. It was Todd McClellan. Yeah, uh, Todd McClellan. Yeah. Really? Todd yeah, McClellan. he was San Jose's coach. They should have had. They should have made it like Paul Maurice <clears> or someone. Just why? I don't know. They should. It should have been done with the air of they're the young one. You right. know what I mean? Should have been yeah. the youngest coach in the NHL, no matter who it was. Every uh, member of the coaching staff of Team North America is Canadian. So, <laughs> what is that? See, that that's why I don't fair. feel bad. 
You gotta mix it up a little. Yeah, you do. You should have, you should have some Americans in there. Listen, Jesse, when you have the best, you go with the best. You know, that's just Bowman and uh, Shirelli are the ones that put it together. The general managers. Hmm. They put Stand Team Bowman? North America together. Yeah. Hmm. So, I see that always confused me because I remember like the Leafs had already picked Matthews first, and I'm like, okay, I'm super jacked for him too, but. You're telling me this guy who's never played in the NHL deserves to be on this team? I don't know. And then he, then he did that ridiculous friggin' um, he like dangles one of the Sedines from his knees, and then he bangs in. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's good. <laughs> I remember that was a question we were talking about on the show. Like, is you know, okay, are we gonna get Matthews this year and maybe Nylander for half the year? But mm-hmm. Marner's gonna spend another year down. Like, what does Marner have left to do? Is he gonna be a Marley first? Like. Those were those were all real questions. We thought, and is Brooks like going to be the captain? Uh, <laughs> is it, is, or, oh, yeah. Who wrote that article? Yeah, Brooks like, or is Brooks like just going to appear on E News's Instagram page talking about Julianne Huff and their sex life? And Adam, but you're obsessed with that. I am obsessed with those two. Can we talk about that? They're so weird. Yeah, sure. They're let's so do it. So freaking weird, man. Let's do okay. It. All right. So no, sorry, Adam. We got lots of hockey to talk about. We do. We do. There's like an NHL draft thing. Uh, but oh, I was kidding. Okay, if you want <laughs> if you want an amusing time, uh, follow E News on Instagram. And every other day, they've got a new story about Brooks Like and uh, Julianne Huff, and they're married. But right now, they're quarantining separate. She's in LA. He's in Idaho because he's introverted and she's social. So he wants to be in Idaho with his dog. And and he has a podcast called, I think it's called like How Guys Think. And it's with a musician and it's, I gotta, I gotta read you the bio. I gotta read you the bio. Oh, How no. guys think. It's called How Men Think. How Men Think. How men with think. Uh, Brooks liking Gavin DeGraw. Gavin DeGraw, yes, yes. You want me to read it? I got it in front yeah, of Yeah, read, read it, read it, read it. Have you ever wondered what your husband is really thinking? Why does your boyfriend do that? It's no secret that men don't often share their inner thoughts, even with each other. This podcast will literally serve as how men think as NHL great Brooks like (laughs) NHL great Brooks like an award winning musician, singer, songwriter, Gavin DeGraw and their panel of experts, each of whom is in a different stage of their life, open up on their personal and often hysterical views on relationships, marriage, children, health, wellness, lifestyle, self-discovery and the world. Cool. <laughs> and, and, and here's how you know, what's so fascinating about what's going on with Brooks like and, and Julianne Huff is, you know that their PR people are feeding these stories to entertainment outlets so they'll run them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, because, because honestly, I mean, Julianne's extremely talented and Brooks was an extremely talented athlete. You can take nothing away from them. They've been very successful, good for them. He made four and a half for a reason. He earned right. his contract. It's right. Just, it was a but bit the long. question is, who cares? And right. the answer is nobody. Like, nobody cares. Like, nobody, nobody's like, oh, God, I woke up this morning and I can't flip and wait to find out how Brooks Like and Julianne Huff are doing. I don't but, even consider no. Brooks Like, like, famous. He's not. No. He's famous. <laughs> I don't. He's a hockey player. She's famous. Right. Even if, like, he, he, hasn't, been famous. he hasn't played a game in, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Also, and years. when he was like, playing, he wasn't a big deal. No, he, he was, was just a guy. He was a guy. Right. He was big in Washington. Yeah, yeah he's, but yes. he's just a guy on a roster. There's a there's a hundreds of those. It's like yeah. it's, uh, Tyler Bozak and 
his wife, let's find out how their sex life is. It's like that, right? Hey, Molly is a saint. Molly is a saint. And they have the Yeah, but it's like, saints. imagine Tyler was nationally famous. Right, yes. which isn't true. You know, For like his show not. about, I assume, essential oils and hanging upside down with garlic necklaces or <laughs> well, whatever that- the hell it is that he does. So here's, here's the weird part, okay? So... Um, he keeps talking about his sex life on his podcast, which, you know, whatever, good for him. If that's how you feel, like you want to get that out, that's cool. But I'm going to just read you some of the headlines oh, no. from April 30th, E! Online. Brooks like shares the state of his sex life while on social, uh, while social distancing. Three days ago, also from April 30th, Brooks like says he has a low sex drive while quarantined away from wife Julianne, which by the way, I would not be quarantined away from my wife, but that's my personal opinion. Um... Julianne Huff posts about the stagnant energy she is going through right now while in quarantine. Uh, Julianne Huff steps out with actor Ben Barnes. So she's been hanging out with her buddy Ben Barnes, but not Brooks during quarantine. And <laughs> just going to keep going here. <laughs> uh, here's why Bro- E online. Here's why Brooks, uh, Brooks like and Julianne Huff are, are quarantining apart. And then here we go from April 21st. Julianne Huff bracing from di- for divorce from Brooks like it's almost like bra- like it's like a YouTube headline you know what I mean it's like um uh and then there's uh April third 10th, liner Ju- divorce <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm just I'm just picturing that thumbnail. Julianne Huff says she has gone through some intense highs and lows this week and that's from April 20th or 10th like you just you go back through like seriously you can search this on Google and from the beginning of this year to now, and I noticed it right off the top of the year because there was a headline right at the top of the year saying that Brooks like, and I have to pay attention to this stuff. I have to do entertainment with Virgin Radio. Um, it said he was going to explore different things and try to become more intimate with his sex life, but then didn't mention her. So everybody assumed that they were breaking up. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. Like, that's, you know, you never want to see people divorce, whatever. And they're not. They're just, they're just feeding these clickbait headlines to E! News. And every time I see it come up on E! News, I'm like, what is happening here? Who the and hell who cares? cares? Well, and, and this is the thing, the comments underneath this, like it's, it's people who would normally comment on, on an E! News post saying, I swear to God, guys, nobody cares. Like everybody's like, no one cares, no one cares, no one cares, no one cares, no one cares. But it's the, they, that's how it works, right? They, they feed stories so that E! News, TMZ, some of these other places have something to run right now because there's not much going on. So it's an opportunity to say, here's a, here's a bullshit headline and it will get run and we will get publicity because there's nothing else happening. There's no movies coming out. There's not really any new music. Nobody's doing anything controversial because no one can go out. So here's an opportunity for us to step in. It's bizarre though. It, the head, like, go keep going back. It is bizarre. Brooks Like makes breakfast for Julianne Huff after overcoming marriage woes. Like that's the story. Like imagine caring about that. Brooks Like and Julianne Huff work up a sweat amid rumored drama. What? So this is just like every day? Every day, dude. Every, every day. day. Every day. No couples that interesting. No couples interesting enough. No. no. It's have just, a daily. Why don't they just have a show? So I'm, I'm, I'm just, well, I think that's what they're angling for. Oh. I think that's what they want. And, and so what you can do to do that. Is you Why don't we just have a show? That's tomorrow's well, headline. Well, how do you think the Kardashians started? It was the, the, the sex tape came out and Seacrest saw it. Not saw it. Well, he might have seen it. I think everybody saw it. 
and, and, and wild assumptions. <laughs> what he saw was someone who was Ray J was more famous than Kim. Ray J's the guy in the tape, by the way. And if you've seen the tape, it's not about Kim. It's about Ray J yeah. looking at Ray J. It's right? Ray J's sex tape. It's just Ray J and oh, it I thought it was. An I thought it was a brand of tape. No, it's this whole time on. Oh, uh, so yeah, I see what you're saying. So, but what what happened was the reaction to her sex tape was so visceral that Ryan was smart enough to say, well, obviously people are interested in this person. She, she was Paris Hilton's assistant on, on the, the reality show that Paris Hilton had. Maybe we should try this. And it turned out to be the biggest reality franchise in history. And so. she fought her sister the other day. And it was great. <laughs> anyway, that's a random story. Now let's get to some hockey for a sec. <laughs> now you know. Anyway, anytime that you see Brooks Like and Julianne Huff headlines feel free to, to tag me in them because i'm going to read every single one yeah of them. i feel it's like so we're going to come back to this at some oh, point oh There's, man you know what ending do you know what, okay you know what we need to do you remember nhl headlines that we used to no, do we're not making this a regular no, <laughs> send your headlines to jesse and then we no. have to guess what brooks like and julianne huff did this week yeah right? come I, on that's I a like fun that. game i do kind of oh like gosh that. i like i'm so I, concerned I follow all the Russian machine people. And like Brooks, like, I feel like was a fan favorite when he Huge. was with the Caps. Huge. But now I see them and they're always like, anytime Elise um, from Russian machine, like posts words that she's muting. I feel like Brooks like is always on her list. <laughs> like, it's always weird. It's always it's something weird. weird. Like the things weird. you just mentioned. It's weird. Right. It's just, it's just weird, man. It's just weird. <laughs> uh, anyway. Strange guy. Hey guys, maybe we'll get mentioned on how guys think. With Gavin DeGrom, Brooks like. <sighs> Have you ever wondered why your boyfriend thinks that way? Why did he say that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never heard the show. It's, it's impossible it's that that great. show is good. No, it's not. I don't know. Adam said it's probably great. I'm going to say it's probably bad. Here's the thing. Neither of us have listened. Or will okay. listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now, or will. <laughs> the NHL will. wants to do an early June draft. Now, you're probably thinking, Why? Like, they still have to finish the season. Well, here's the issue. The NHL ha- is down a few bucks right now. And people are saying, and I mean, we have Steve Eiserman's quote saying, why would you do that? Why do you need to do that? There's a lot of things that are affected, obviously. Draft position hasn't been established. We don't know who's in the playoffs, who's out of the playoffs in some cases. But at this time, my opinion is I haven't heard a good reason why we should do it prior to the end of the season. If we conclude the season is over, uh, if, we can, if we do conclude the season over the course of the summer. So if they are going to play these last 13 games, which I can't imagine they're going to put everybody back in. Like, I think Detroit and Ottawa are done, right? I bet they do. We don't need to see them take the ice again, do we? bet they do. Steve Kerr said the same thing about the Warriors. He said, because uh, they're currently in last place in the NBA, he said he doesn't see a reason why they should come back into play. And I think that's the approach you got to take. You got to limit as many people as possible. So just cut out the bottom five teams. That's figure interesting. Out, figure it out with the, with the rest of them. And I, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard anyone argue we shouldn't play. Well, Eisman, so that's interesting. I don't think Eisman would say that because that, that could affect ownership's like money situation, right? This could come down to they have to play because locally the TV deal says you have to play. Yeah. But if you're, if you're from purely from a team perspective, you look at what Steve Kerr has on his roster versus what Steve Eiserman has on his. Steve Kerr could lose a, another guy, you know, another important guy to that team for another year. Like he lost Steph. Uh, he, I, I you think mean he due had, to injury? Due to injury. Like if they yeah. play these games, for, yeah. For pointless games. Wasn't Curry like just on the verge of coming back? He played uh, two games. 
Yeah, he played before he, the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. I'm gone. Yeah. And then they lost Clay <laughs> yeah. uh, all year, and yeah. and they had I think Draymond was out for a bit, so it was just D'Angelo Russell, and that's it. And they traded, yeah, and, and they got traded yeah. right for Andrew Wiggins, right? Yeah. 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 So. Oh yeah. Forgot yeah, yeah. So like it was. It, I forgot he's a, a warrior now. Crazy. Um, the point is, I would imagine. I don't. Do we need to see Detroit and Ottawa play a more another game? Probably not. Uh, and the NHL is thinking that way too. But I wonder if the local rights deals, like TSN, owns the rights to Ottawa in Ottawa. Right. And do you tell Eugene Melanick, hey, we're not going to put you on the ice, and you don't get any of that ad revenue? Right. And he's going to say, no, put my team on the ice. Let me sell at least five games here and make a little bit of money. Well, yeah. here, let me, let me talk. They don't have to sell any tickets. Yeah. Let, let, me, <laughs> right. let me talk to the teams that are playing, and we'll see if they'll split the money. And they go, no. Right. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. We don't want to do that. Yeah. So it is very messy. Now, hold on. Let me, let me just complete the story sure. before we get into it, okay? One sec. So Chris Johnson tweeted something. And Bill Daly, by the way, uh, authored a report, this according to Elliot Friedman, indicating the broadcast networks are on board with this plan. Of course they are. And that is drafting early, not about the season. Right. Uh, the memo also states leagues, the league needs a month to prepare. The rumor is June 5th, meaning a decision will happen early this week, like in the next few days. Well, it's May I bet, 3rd, I bet so. it comes out as soon as the podcast is finished. 100%. Um, 100%. They're meeting tomorrow. Yeah. They're, oh, okay. All right. Uh, yes. so, so, so what? They'll so announce what? it and then have the meeting. That's probably it. Chris Johnson Zoom call said anyway. Who cares? To make it as fair as possible, the league has suggested the following. For conditional trades, the league would propose solutions. The teams would have seven days to either reform the deal on terms acceptable to both or accept the NHL's idea of what would be fair and equitable between the two teams. Number two, using each team's point percentage to determine the order of selections. So under that format, 16 teams would be, uh, would be out of the lottery and 15 would be in the lottery. Makes sense, right? Uh, changing the lottery format for this season only, you pick just one winner and you limit moving up or down to a maximum of four spots. Now, this would mean, and this is from, that's from Elliot's article, from CJ, sorry. Uh, that means that Detroit would be guaranteed at least number one or number two overall. Ottawa could do no worse than owning three or four overall. New Jersey, Buffalo, Montreal, Chicago could not jump into number two, number three, and number four, number five, respectively. Meaning, you're not, you're not going to get any of that fun, exciting, wow, they jumped they, they, they jumped right. like seven spots. Um, and there were a lot of like conspiracy theories. I think Down Goes Brown had a tweet that kind of surprised me where he was like, oh, it's so weird that Detroit's a huge hockey market and all of a sudden they need to have a guaranteed high pick. Like, listen, people said that about the Leafs too. Um, Detroit is as bad as they come. There is, they're a horrendous hockey team right now. They're real bad. Uh, yeah, and yeah, they would have had a 35% chance or a 20% chance or whatever the hell chance they would have had at the number one overall pick. Don't tell me that it's a bad thing that they get number one or number two overall. And don't tell me that that's going to turn their franchise around. It won't. So let's just back off on the conspiracy theories here. Detroit was probably going to pick in one of those two spots anyway. And even if they weren't, when do you get a global pandemic? Well, I, won't, I yeah. won't throw out any conspiracy theories. I'll throw out a question instead. Why? Like, why? What's wrong with the current format? Like, is the easiest thing... Here's how you solve it on a 120-second Zoom call. Hey, what should we do for the draft lottery? Well, just what we currently have. Well, not everyone's played the same amount of games. Oh, that's true. Points, points percentage? percentage? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, since we're doing that for other things. Points percentage, but keep it the way we have it? Yep, yep. End meeting. I didn't even need 120. That was like, what, 25? 
You can keep the other 95 seconds and do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't understand but the purpose let's, of well, the let's, tree in this percentage. In the, what kind uh-huh. of galaxy brain? Why? For the purpose of what? So I'm not going to throw in the purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're trying to give it to Detroit. And, oh, who knows? Maybe Eugene Melnick, they're worried about him being difficult in this process for reasons that we just discussed. So they're making sure he gets a good pick too. What? For what purpose are they changing anything? Points percentage, do it the way you do it, done. What's the, what's the problem? I, I think they're most likely, Ottawa's well. second most likely. Yep. What's the yep. problem? Well, and I, I, I think that's less problematic. I think the Detroit and Ottawa thing are less problematic than the trades. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Let me just round this, this sucker out with one more sentence. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what Chris said in reply to somebody else said, what it comes down to primarily is a major marketing opportunity for the league at a time when there's a captive sporting audience. We can't go out and do things, right? Totally. And, and we've been without hockey. We're starved for it. And what Chris said is it could eliminate a complication if there's a short offseason before 2020. 2021. So imagine, you know, if you've got a short off season, like one thing we haven't really talked about is, okay, let's say they start the new season in 2020, 2021. When does that draft happen? They're able to stamp a date on this if they do it early. Whereas if they let it go till the end of the season, the end of what season? Like when, when on earth does the 2019-2020 season end? We don't have an answer for that, and we're not going to have it for quite some time. I think, so, I think they're going about it the wrong way, though, because they're, they're looking for something so they can entertain people with hockey. But I don't funny. think the draft is what they should be going for. Like, I think it's uh, the only thing they can definitively do, though, right now. Yeah. What, what else could they do? I, I don't. They got to come up with something else. But I don't think you mess with the draft just to just because you're so starved for content. Maybe you go with you start televising practices and like workouts. Maybe you do a skills competition like the NBA did. It's just the draft doesn't. It seems like something that's so concrete. And the report about oh, it was 106 trades happened last draft, and 64 of them would have only players. made it through. So yeah. nearly half of your trades wouldn't be eligible for your draft. I think you're mm. screwing around with the league and rosters and if, when you can just try and be more creative, find something else. The draft didn't happen after the season. It is. That is, to me, I'd say that's the biggest factor, Jesse. It's in terms of movement. It's the busiest weekends there is. I think mm-hmm. it's even busier than the, the trade deadline. Um. The conditional trades, a little arbitration and negotiation there, I don't have a huge problem with. Um, putting a date on it early is, is actually something I like. Um, entertaining the fans is something I like. But Jesse brings up a great point. Like, there's so many teams who get out of cap trouble at the draft. Um, so many teams who they probably acquired players or signed contracts knowing we're getting rid of this guy at yeah. the draft. And all of a sudden, now they're not going to be able to do it. So you're going to screw teams even worse than they already are. By the yeah, I feel like you're making for trouble years. for and for just for this one weekend of event. Now, this is why I think the cap rules are going to change for the season as well. Uh, I genuinely think that. But let me read you a Pierre LeBrun tweet from two hours ago, guys. Let uh-huh. me see how this adds to the conversation. He says, I would say the Canucks are among the teams that may have warmed up to the June draft idea if it means the following, uh, following the proposed layout in the NHL's Friday memo. They would much rather give up a non-lottery first-round pick to New Jersey than their unprotected first round next year. 
and that's the that's from the JT Miller trade. So, so the teams weirdly that benefit from this are for it. <laughs> and then, well, then that's the thing you, about your conditional draft picks. You're uh, screwing with them. Would the yeah. Devils not then turn around? So, oh, the Canucks are for this. Is the follow-up tweet the Devils are very against it? <laughs> right, because they're the ones getting shafted. Oh, the, the Leafs have that conditional second rounder going to L.A., but because the conditions can't be met, it's a third. Oh, yeah, the Leafs are for that. And the Kings go, ah, oh, actually. Yeah. This, well, is, you know, part of, this, is, this is where you have to manage to, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Steve, one second. No, no. You have to manage to that everybody's been screwed in this pandemic. Everybody, every business, yeah. every person in some way, shape, or form has been screwed by this. Equally. So, well, not equally. Not equally. But, no. but there have been degrees of screwing in most cases. Most people have had some negative effects in their lives because of this. It's a pandemic. So screw it's, the devils. It's an inherently negative thing. So if you're the NHL, do you go for fairness, which is what they've done with their dumb bullshit cap, and it's boring as hell and complicated, and I hate talking about it, or do you go for entertainment value and say, yeah, too bad, life sucks. Let's do a big draft so we can get people reengaged in the NHL. And no. from that perspective, I get it. Yeah, but that, I think because we shouldn't – why are we ruling out uh, the draft in between the season? Because you still have to have a month or two months in between there. So you're going to go this long stretch with no games and no entertainment, mm-hmm. and then you're going to take another break for two months and not have any entertainment? Why well, not throw is... the draft in there and then continue when everybody's spending their money again, when everybody's back in the business and you can watch TV and just have, be entertained by regular things? Why not just keep the NHL going and have your draft in there and then it's, quick start it's, the season again? Here, here's, okay, so then let me ask you this, just as a counterpoint to that. If there's no hockey, if the NHL provides no product, pandemic or not, are the holders of the rights of hockey. So we're talking about NBCSN, uh, Sportsnet, TSN owns some regional rights in Canada. I don't know who else runs them. Like, you know, Fox Sports locally in Detroit, Dallas, whatever. Are they making payments on those? If there's no product to deliver, do they have to make payments? And that is why I think the NHL is doing something. Because at least they're saying to the broadcasters, listen, you need to continue to make payments on this because we are delivering a product. And I think they need to give the, we're now at two months, right? By, by this point, by the draft, it'll be like two full months, at, at two and a half months. I'm sure the broadcasters are saying, well, I'm, we're not going to make payments until you bring the league back. And, and, and the NHL is probably saying, well, we can't bring the league back until the governments allow us to bring the league back. And so what happens here is the NHL is going, screw the rules because we need some revenue and we need it now. And I think that's what's at the heart of this. This is a money decision. This is a money decision. And, and if, you're, if, if you're Rogers or your NBC's, you know, GE or whoever owns NBC now, are you making payments on a product that you're not getting, pay, uh, that you're not getting anything for? No. Why would you? That's and part I, of the deal. I Everything's love, paused. I love Jesse's idea of, well, just show practices or whatever. I love that too. I would watch Man, it. Man, you would. No one's watching that. You don't think? No one oh. is watching that. I'd be so horny. No one's watch- Dude, the 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 Detroit thing. I don't know what the ratings are. I have no idea. And pretty much you can throw the ratings in the garbage anyway. You know, we've discussed the rating system and whatever. No one cares about the old games. Some of the recent ones, yeah. But uh, I don't know. If my LFRs are any indication, mm-hmm. no one cares. Right. No one cares. Yeah. I also think, by the way, I should update that. 
Um, the last LFR that I did was on an old game from the Leafs Red Wings 93. Mm-hmm. I, it might be that no one cares, but I think YouTube also screwed me because of their new um, – they screwed with their back end again, which creators love. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically – you have to go so specifically now on all the uh, monetization categories. And, like, do you say hell or damn? And that's okay. Do you drop an F-bomb? Oh, well, then they screw you there. And anyway, so that's why I've been led to believe that no one seems to really care. But I also, like, just no interaction on it. And if it's practice, like, nothing's even at stake. Mm -hmm. You get to see someone do a cool little Zorro drill. I would do that one time. No one cares. I think Jesse made a good point about, like, a skills comp, though. Because you could do that in isolation. You could you do need like people. Horse, but... you, well, need you people. Could, you could do like like Mitch Marner could Mitch Marner versus whoever else has a great skill in the NHL, like creative weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love to see that. If you made yeah. it like some sort of cool head to head, um, but like Marner's gonna be on a pad of ice by himself, and then this other person, whoever wherever they are, let's say it's I don't know, Dylan Larkin. He's got to be wherever Dylan Larkin lives, and he's got to be on a pad of ice by himself. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm starting to like the draft more. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a great idea, Jesse. And if we're going for fairness, um, then, yes, don't have the draft. I don't think they care. I just think they care about – Yeah, I think, I think they care more about – getting some money than the fairness of the league and they i need to I, restart their payments. I don't support like i can't be like oh yeah no, no, no do the cash grab thing like i, <laughs> I can't sit here and be like no, no we're gonna totally. we're gonna screw over half the nhl we're gonna mess with the standings we're gonna mess with the league and the players and the rosters and everything just because they want more money and like that's that might be the right decision but i can't be like oh yeah that, do it because I, I believe in the fairness of the league and the sport i, I can tell you this the NHL is hanging this over the Players Association. And the Players Association will come, come and, and be on their side on this one. And that is because the league will say, well, listen, if you don't do this, then we are going to lower the cap because they are within their rights to do that. Um, it's a 50-50 revenue split. So escrow, gone, gone. All the players escrow, gone. So the players are probably going, yeah, whatever, just do whatever you need to bring in some revenue because we want our escrow check back. And, and we want to be able to make more money. And if the league is going to be held at $81.5 million as their cap, is, which is what we've heard, the players are going to go, yeah, like restart your revenue streams as soon as you possibly can. So I think the players are going to be on board with this. The question is, you know, can you get big ownership? Like, you know, the, the family that owns Detroit, the family that owns Boston, um, the families that, like, I mean, can you get the Rangers on board with this? Can you, I mean, the Leafs don't care. They don't have a first-round pick. They probably don't have a horse in the race, but yeah. they probably will have an opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, Montreal is a major factor in this. They're a major market. Mm-hmm. And they Ottawa's have, got three first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, well, Ottawa, but Ottawa's not a major market, right? They're ta- I'm talking about major, five, six, top five, six. And no offense to Ottawa, they're just not. No, you're you right. Know, if, if Eugene Melnick goes to the Board of Governors meeting and tries to throw his weight around, people will be like, are you done yet? Okay. Right? So, you know, I think I understand the NHL's position on this. They're worried about lost revenue. And to get the board of governors involved and on board with this, you say, okay, well, listen, here are your choices. We lose our payments. And I, this is what I suspect anyway. Our broad, the broadcast partners and our sponsors are not making payments anymore because we're not providing a product. So you either do this thing that is inherently unfair, 
which I agree with you, Jesse, from a sports perspective, hard to get on board with. Or you do the right business move, which is put the draft up, suck it up for a year. It's a global pandemic. Everybody's had to make some, some adjustments. And, you know, you can, you can be upset about that. You can, and I get that 100%. But I, also, I, I, I honestly see where the NHL is coming from here. They need yeah. to kick something off. And there's no way. I don't think there's going to be hockey by June 5th, right? There might no, not be hockey not. by June 25th. Yeah. So we got to give you something. They got to do something. And the players have got to step up here. And it's not like, you know, it's not like Mitch hasn't been online. You know, I think he was streaming till like 4 a.m. apparently on Friday, Friday, Saturday morning. I believe um, it. And yeah. there were probably, no, whatever, that's great. But there the were probably NHL, 50,000 people watching. 100%. But yeah. if you're going to do that, make sure that that's available to broadcast. Like Mitch Marner's doing that at his house. Are you telling me if you put that on Sportsnet, people wouldn't watch that? I think people would watch that. Yeah, but I think he's, do, he's going with these streamers. Yeah. Who, like I know companies need to approach these guys and be like, Hey, can we, but, but then like, then that's a whole mess. Can you do it live? Uh, can you get them to contractually agree to not swear? Is the chat displayed? Well, then how do you manage that? How do you, mm-hmm. is, is Sportsnet then at the mercy of Twitch crashing? Well, let me ask or, you this. Or NBC or something like you, that. You've outlined this guy's five. internet connection. You've outlined five or six good questions. Here's my thing. What else are they doing? No, I know. It should take I'm, them a day I'm to figure that you. out. Right. I, no, you know what? But like, with like anything, excuses. <laughs> no, with, with anything, you're going to have – yeah, you're right. With anything, you're going to have a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are easily answered. Yeah. What but, do we pay you for? Like that would be – if I'm an owner in the NHL, I'd be like, Gary, what do we pay you for? Nah. Solve the question. If I'm the streamer, what do you pay me for? Well, you – those guys all, you write them a check for 10 grand whatever 10,000 10, dude come on a lot more than that okay a oh, lot ever you're gonna you're gonna show my game nationally and i got thousands and thousands of followers on a site that's impossible to get followers on you're giving me a lot more than 10 okay grand, fine then we pay more than 10 grand for an hour 10 grand come on oh for an hour yeah yeah maybe Maybe. Uh, that problem well, solved, man. This is easy. This is easy. This is what I'm talking about, though. should be on my TV all, 24 hours. <laughs> but, like, for real, though. Well, I'm There's... just saying. I'm just saying. I think there are – it goes back to what you said earlier, Steve. It's get on the call. Uh, we should do this. This is the logical thing, right? Okay, done. Easy. Now, um, I got a question about something. And this is the thing, Jesse and Steve, that I, I was so looking forward to talk to you guys about. So in Elliot Friedman's article, and this was mentioned, so uh, this is a part of the, uh, the memo from what we understand. I want to go back to this. For conditional trades, the league would propose solutions. Now the teams would have seven days to either reform the deal on terms acceptable to both teams or you accept the NHL's idea. So how well Liberty do we think slopes. that's going to go? So I'm... I'm uh, the Boston Bruins. Yep. Steve, I come to you. I say, I want to, I'm going to trade you my third round pick and you give me William Nylander. The NHL says, well, we can't really trade Nylander because we're going to restart the season in a month and uh, you're going to have to figure out a different solution. What, what do we do there? Well, it's not quite that from what I understand. It's trades that have already been made. So like, for example, the, yeah, for so example, like, so the Leafs yeah, traded um, a conditional, I think it's third, 
or wins X amount six of games. games. If he won six games. If he wins six games, uh-huh. the third turns into a second. Or if they re-sign uh, Kyle Clifford. Now, if you're the Leafs, knowing that you got – like, I mean, if you're the Leafs, you got to be considering whether or not you re-sign Kyle Clifford anyway. But there's also absolutely no reason to hurry that process up. Because you might just get out of this condition. So if you're the Kings now, you have a legitimate beef with all this. If the NHL goes, the resolution is it's a third. But what if the NHL then goes, the resolution is it's a third, but the Leafs also have to give up an additional sixth. Or the NHL goes, tell you what, it's a second. The Kings give you a fifth though. Or something like that. And then the King, like the, the Kings, I think, would be within their right to be like, what are we giving up a fifth for? It right. Might How have been do a you justify anyway. the fairness of Right. They're making well, it up. And this, this is, is this is the part that's crazy. Ridiculous. The NHL is always going to be the bad guy in this. So teams, oh, yeah. the teams are never going to figure out something that's really that fair and equitable between the two. Like if you no. take, take that Toronto LA trade, like LA is going to be like, no, give us the second. And Toronto's going to be like, no, nah, we don't want to. So then the NHL says, here's the. Here's, here's the offer, and everybody hates the NHL. Okay, you but what? then what happens if the draft happens and they go in the head and they use that pick, and then... It would be figured out before then, I would think. Okay. It would have to be. It would right. have to be. Right, yeah. It would have to, or maybe... <laughs> it's going to be so much fun to see the proposed NHL trades. Maybe... Wait. It wouldn't be fun. This is, you're ruining the, <laughs> the rosters. No, but let's... let's How is that fun? Now, wait, though. Wait, though. There was a year or two where the league just randomly decided, okay, employees who you fired, all of a sudden you got to give up a draft pick. Yeah. Second and third round picks, valuable picks were surrendered because friggin' Lou Lamorello got fired. Or and, my Babs, and Babs got, contract expired. Don't, Right? What His is project expired before that? The Leafs gave up a lot Shirelli. of picks. Peter Shirelli cost the Oilers a second round pick based on what? And then they got rid of that rule. Did those teams get those picks back no. because the NHL no. decided but it was the Devils got rule? their first rounders no. back for Ilya Kovalchuk? Yeah. Because they make it up! So, <laughs> so let's not pretend. I love Jesse, bless your heart, the yeah, whole yeah. fairness Pure. thing. It's Fair. never existed. No. It's never... I was... I was once like you, young and <laughs> believing in others. Abandon it. Abandon it, Jesse. The world is bullshit. Life is awful. And the devils always keep their first. Don't you know this? That's how it works. The but the Leafs have to surrender a fourth rounder because they talked to Jonas Frogren in a way that they shouldn't have. That happened. That was worth it. No, it wasn't. Yikes. The Leafs gave Jonas Frogren half a million dollars so he could buy himself out of his contract in Sweden and it cost him a pick. Jonas Frogren! Anyway. It's never been So fair. we're agreed that... Okay, can we agree on... So we're, no. all three of us are agreed on one thing. We don't love the idea in a, from a fairness perspective, it's correct? It's terrible. No, it's terrible right. from a fairness perspective. <laughs> yeah. So we all agree on that. Yeah. Can we all agree, though, that we're all pretty excited for it anyway? Yes. It'll be there'll be too many upset people for it to be fun. Will you have fun, Jesse? I'm asking you. Too many oh, upset I have fun doing people. everything. There you go. See? But <laughs> yes. no, we're gonna have some fun anyway. Fuck it. Who cares? Hey, yeah. Leafs don't have a first round. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> sure. 
no, I'm but kidding. in that that pick is that's conditional too. Is it? It's, it's yeah. technically in the balance. Like if the Leafs were to miss the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. I'm here. What are the? They wouldn't based on points percentage though. They'd be fine. Okay, so what about if the playoffs got expanded afterwards? Yeah, does that count as a playoff berth if you have to play in the play-in? But then, like, okay, let's say if I have no idea the play they have the draft on June fifth, and then after in July they're like, okay, we're gonna hold a tournament for the Stanley Cup, and then like twenty teams made that tournament. Does do you get your picks back because technically you made this tournament and that's the playoffs? It'll be like the eighties where only like five teams missed the playoffs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so excited, but that's not the playoffs. I don't know because you already lost your pick. Yeah. So I don't know. The Hurricanes are actually a really interesting player in all this. Uh, oh, what on earth? Okay, so the first rounder that the Leafs gave the Hurricanes um, for Patrick in the Patrick Marlowe deal, the condition, uh, if the Leafs pick his top 10 in 2020, the Hurricanes will receive Toronto's 2021 first round pick. Now, if the season, if they play out the rest of the season, it is still very possible the Leafs could miss the playoffs. Then they go into the draft lottery, and all of a sudden that's a top 10 pick, and then they can choose to move it. But with the new – by screwing with the draft lottery system, that might not be able to happen then, the Leafs moving into the top 10. So that's really confusing. Also confusing, the Hurricanes then – gave a first round pick to the Rangers for Brady Shea that is either, I believe, their own first round pick or this pick from the Leafs. But we don't know. But we don't know. The Rangers will receive the later or lower of the two. Of the either worst the pick. Hurricanes or 2021 first round, blah, 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 blah. That is complicated as hell. Like the right. Rangers, or sorry, the Rangers, the Hurricanes on their own. How the hell do you solve this? What a mess. There's another conditional first round pick just a couple picks later that the Wild got from the Penguins for Jason Zucker. Conditions. If Pittsburgh misses the 2019-2020 playoffs, Pittsburgh has the option to send their 2021 first round pick. All right, we're not going to have to worry about that probably. There's an there's another first round. Oh my god. It's all over the place. It's all So with over the all place. of these things, we're still like, "Hey, let's do the draft and run the risk." I'm looking uh, forward to it. If the New York Islanders win the draft letter, so the Islanders gave the Sens a first-round pick for the Peugeot deal. If the Islanders win the draft lottery and select top three, the pick becomes a 2021 first-round pick. The Islanders, at the time the season finished, were not guaranteed to win, uh, to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they were under the old draft lottery system. Why are we calling it old? It's current. It's still the draft lottery system. But if they screw with it, then that pick cannot be top three. But then if you're the send, you're like, but we put that condition there for a reason. Why are you now screwing with? So changing the draft lottery, going back to that, it's so stupid and nonsensical uh, unless you do the points percentage thing, which to me is a perfectly, that, that makes perfect sense. Screwing with the draft lottery screws with the conditions of almost all the picks I just mentioned. Why are they doing this again? Like, I go back to... Like, that is one thing they don't need to change. They, they could just do the draft lottery. Yeah. They, they could just do it. Just do it. Even if you did it 
with the 10 teams or 11 teams that you knew were out. Like if you're talking about the play-in teams, right? The teams that are within five or six points or whatever it is, you, however you want to cap that, I can understand you leaving those teams out of the lottery. But there are at least 10, probably 14 teams that I had no shot in hell of making it, right? Well, not right. 14, maybe 12. Sure. So, so why not just include them in the lottery? Because the lottery is an exciting part. The lottery is part of the excitement that would make June 5th interesting. And you don't need to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And I, that part doesn't make sense. And I understand why it's created the conspiracy theory. Well, Detroit's a big market. We need them to be good, blah, 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 blah. That's not what's happening, I don't think. Out of all the things odd. we just mentioned, the thing that makes the least sense to change is the weight of the draft lottery. Why? What, mid-season? Mid-season, you're going to change the okay like if they do that then the fairness discussion throw it out the window throw it out the window nothing's fair like that that's absurd why are they doing this weighted by points none of percentage. it's fair steve i think none of it's fair that's, but that's, that's the that's fairest the thing that's the most fair by yeah, far if we're working under the assumption that they just want to have this draft in june then you gotta throw out everything you know then none of it if, if nothing's fair then who cares and come back with you know what we're changing lots of things right the sticks are metal sure harder shots <laughs> Like the sticks are we, this is the aluminum stick era of the NHL. We're bringing it back. Why not? Goalie pads are also, they're made of gold. And like, I don't, like what else? What else? What other ridiculous things? (laughs) Oh, every year, two rec league teams are included in the NHL just to show how good the rest of the teams are. What? What? Everything's on the table, apparently. It is, though. That's the the whole point of this this discussion is that everything is on the table now because everything's on the table. The NHL has a partnership with German Hockey Tier 2. Can you hang on? Somebody's walking around in my backyard. Can you just hang on for just a second? Oh, we can pause. (laughs) Yeah, hang on. So, yo, okay, let me me tell you this. So, I have a house uh, that I will not live in much longer, but uh, uh, basically it's in a bit of a tricky part of town from time to time. And people can just walk into my backyard because it's not really a backyard. It's my driveway, which is off of an alleyway. And, um, you know, there's a fair amount of... uh, stuff going on in the neighborhood that would be nefarious. So I was just checking to make sure everything was good. And that's why my dog, Bindi likes to be out there. Cause she kind of is, she patrols the joint. So it's good. Yeah. And, yeah. So anyway, that's, it was, it's just weird. Somebody was just like, it's weird. It, I can't tell you how weird it is to look out your back window and just see a complete stranger walking by your car. And my cars are parked like back to front, back like that. So you can like one in front of the other. So you like, you can tell when somebody's just there because they're not supposed to be, there's no room to maneuver. Anyway, long story short, welcome to the last two years of my life. (laughs) Wow. That's good. That's why I like having Charlie. Nothing gets past him. It's true. He's just a car alarm. Not Not even even poop, poop. especially his own. (laughs) He loves his own poop. Loves his own poop. (laughs) The the food we get him so nice, he eats it twice. (laughs) Loves it. Mm-hmm. is it is it an instant like as soon as it comes and hits the ground or is it uh, if it sits there a little bit he goes back to it oh jesse it's variety right and here's the thing he's got a sensitive stomach so every time he, you know he gets up in the middle of the night we got to rush down the stairs and 
you know, my wife's always like, God, what could he have eaten? And I'm like, like, he eats his own shit, love. <laughs> he eats his own shit. Yeah, but he always eats his own shit. Yeah, and sometimes it makes him do it again. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Steve Dangle Podcast. My name is Can you Steve imagine Dangle. eating poo and then vomiting I- poo? <laughs> I wonder if it tastes good to him. That's a lot. You know, lot I wonder if to him it's like this is it tastes good. Oh, this is yeah. Jesse. So good. <laughs> there is nothing I eat every single day that I don't think is delicious. You know what I mean? He must love it. Is it he every must, single day? It. We don't know. We don't know. And this is the problem. So we have that hole in our fence in the backyard, so he can he and the neighbor dogs can go play. Yeah. So we can pick up after him. It doesn't matter. He goes in that yard to go to his other poop stash that he saved for later. <laughs> for snacks. a little midnight snack or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's his pantry. The other neighbor's yard. Welcome to the Steve Dangle uh, podcast. Yo, Steve, have, uh, can we talk about the dog that moved in next door? Sure. Well, they've been there for over a year, but this no, but friggin' the- thing. <laughs> Jesse, this, this is insane, this story. This is insane. Okay. I'll, I'll send you the video after, but this dog, it's, it's, like, it's like 40 pounds. It's not, it's not very big, but it's just made of, ugh. That's what yeah. it's made of, just, ugh. Is it a pit bull? What kind of dog is it? Boxer. I think, I think it's got some pit bull in it. They're not totally sure what the dog is. I think it's got some pit bull. I think it's mostly It's definitely boxer, boxer dude. It's, oh, yeah. They, it springs like a boxer, man. And this dog uh, is now close to two years old. So it's at like its peak fitness, about as strong and fast as it's ever going to be. This friggin' dog clears the fence now. What? There's no hole going back and forth between our yard and our next door neighbor's yard. And by the way, we, we like these neighbors. So I'm not dumping on them. No. This dog clears the fence now. How tall is the fence? fence it's is, at least- the fence is taller than I am. The fence would be like up here on me if like I was standing six, next it's to you. It's, it's at least Minimum. your height, Jesse. So yeah. this, this little dog, probably this high off the ground. Yep. Like less than two feet. <laughs> and the, it clears the, clears seven the six, foot, It jumps it, seven feet in the air. At least the six and a half foot fence. And then, <laughs> so, so it's even more alarming to look at than it just jumping clean over it. It doesn't. What it does is it jumps up onto the fence grabs the top of it uh. does a full like military pull up <laughs> <sighs> like it it claws the wooden fence with its back legs has its paws up on the top and just goes <sighs> like freaking hat thorn bjordensen or whatever his name steve, is steve sent me a video last week jesse yeah. of this dog and the dog is on the neighbor's back deck okay and it's about, st- it's about level with where Steve's back deck is. And it's standing on like the railing and it's looking in Steve's kitchen. It looks straight at, at me and goes, barking. Food? Like he just, he just, <laughs> what? <laughs> he sits there and he stares at Steve and barks at him from, the, from their backyard. <laughs> and then, you know how when you have a fence, you've got sort of the blinded spot and then there's like a bit of lattice work. So you can, you know, talk to your neighbor through, you know, it's like that crisscrossing wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The lattice work is little- gone. Yeah, it's, they, he just blew the, it out. The, the, the little clip that I was able to get on my phone, it jumps up. Like, you see it shake the fence. This mm-hmm. is easily the smallest dog out of the four in our little mm-hmm. group. And, like, it just, you see it shake the fence and just knock out panels of wood. Like, we're already, we're going to replace the fence 
pretty soon. Hopefully, when that's a legal thing, you're allowed to do. Right. <laughs> this dog again, military. Like it's surreal when you see it get up that high, and then you're like, uh oh, they're stuck. What are they gonna? Nope. <laughs> like it just climbs up, and now it just does it at will. It's just every now and then I'll be like, what the? F oh, right. It's yeah. That dog it just goes to and fro. But it's but crazy. now and it's bonus for that dog. You gotta, you know what? You gotta, you gotta send that video without sound because I think there's some swearing in it. But you gotta send that video to Jesse so we can insert it in the video so people can know what we're talking about. <laughs> of it just like threatening Steve from its own backyard. Forty pound dog. I don't know how many pounds Steve ready to mess Steve up. Yeah. It's hilarious, man. And it's, it's just looking funny. at me. What are you doing there? And I live here. Awesome. And of, and of course Iggy like Iggy trained from birth. Mm -hmm. When she she it's a she jumps into the backyard. Iggy always comes to us and like sits next to us because he's such a kiss ass. And he's just like, see how I, how I didn't do what she did. Yeah. Charlie's not interested in any of that. <laughs> he's out there barking in his own poo. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, the Blackhawks, and we didn't mention this in the last episode <laughs> because we, we, uh, we were, you know, Tied up with other things, and we were talking to Danny Ryland and stuff. If you want to check that out, you should check out that interview. It was fun. Um, Blackhawks fired the guy that basically took over right at the start of their last, you know, of their run. Uh, his name's John McDonough. Uh, if if you're not a Blackhawks fan, you probably don't know who he is. But what you need to know about John is he's basically the business face of the Blackhawks. President, CEO, um, you know, was you know it was basically John and Stan Bowman and Joel Quinville for a while. And obviously, Jeremy Colton uh, is in that now. And what's interesting about this firing is right before we went into the pandemic, Bill Wirtz was asked, is anybody's head on the chopping block here? And he said, nope, everything's fine. Now, according to Bob McKenzie, Rocky Wirtz, who is Bill's son, from what I understand anyway, uh, this is the rumor, they weren't getting along. And so if you don't get along with ownership, be it father or son, you're probably not going to be there very long. But it's very, very interesting to see this with the Blackhawks because it's a very odd time mm -hmm. to let go of the business face of your franchise. You think about this, right? Right now, what every team needs, what every organization, what every um, business just in general outside of the NHL needs is stability. You need somebody, especially on the business side of things, who's been there, knows the product inside and out. People are familiar with them. The guy's been here nine years. And it just makes me wonder about the timing of this firing. Middle of a pandemic, when you need stability the most, why let him go now? And it's, but it's okay, though. They replaced him with another like, longtime NHL CEO, right? They didn't have a replacement. No, but, but who's uh, – like, they must have an interim replacement. They do have right? an interim. Do they yeah. have an Yeah. It's yeah. Rocky Words. Yeah. Oh, is it Rocky Words? Yeah. Which made a lot of people go, uh, pardon me, what? Oh, Bigger party? Okay, so, okay, so Jay Blunk, a guy who is a current executive and vice president, was hired as McDonough's right-hand man in 2008. He's going to be there, or he's one option, I guess. Uh, Danny Wirtz will rem uh, is the guy, I guess, who's going to step in with the interim tag and, and become president until such time as either they find another one. Damn. Wow. Oh, is it Danny, not Rocky? Apparently, it's Danny. Oh, yeah, okay. it's Danny, who was the VP and alternate governor. Right. So you, it makes me wonder this. You know, maybe, and, and this happens, right? I mean, it happened with the president of the senators when he was let go. Um, you don't get along with ownership, you're not going to be there. But is this, a, is this a, you know, a family? It's a family business with the Blackhawks. 
there's family taking control of their franchise. And is there anything wrong with that? Is, but is right now the time to, right? It, it is a bit odd because <laughs> Wirtz is such a complicated name, I think, with the Blackhawks. Because who was the... The patriarch? The um, man named Wirtz who yeah. was... He was I around was, for... He was, was essentially... Bill Wirtz Sr.? I think it I was. think it might have been. Yeah, and he or maybe Rocky Ward Senior. I can't remember, but he was um, essentially that franchise's. Uh, uh, who who was the awful guy for the Leafs? I just completely blanked on. His uh, name. That was Ballard. Harold Ballard. Harold Ballard. So he was essentially their Ballard. You couldn't like get Blackhawks games on TV because, because they wanted people to go, to go to the arena. <laughs> Yeah. Like this is uh, yeah, Bill Bill Wirtz Sr. So build sorry, William Wadsworth Wirtz was his name. <laughs> WWW. Wadsworth? Yeah. He was the World Wide Web before the World Wide Web existed. Wow. And it's funny, it's interesting. When you look at this, it, he's a chief executive officer and controlling shareholder of the family-owned Wirtz Corporation, best known as the owner of the Blackhawks at the NHL. And as soon as he let go of the reins, like in 2007, which is when I believe he died. Yes. Um, the yeah. Blackhawks started to get really good. Yeah, well, they had <laughs> really just good. drafted Jonathan Taves. They had just drafted Jonathan Taves third overall. They mm-hmm. then went on to draft Patrick Kane first overall and basically got immediately good. <laughs> yeah. So maybe a little column A, a little column B, is, uh, but their games are very well attended. And now it's like the NHL has been making up for decades of them not being on TV. And are just giving them everything. Does it not always seem like there's always a story of infighting coming out of the Blackhawks organization? Because the rumor, I don't think it's a rumor, but everybody knows Stan Bowman doesn't really get along with anybody there. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like, I always feel like we always get these stories. I mean, it's... There's no question there's dysfunction in the Blackhawks organization. It's just a matter of what is the dysfunction. Could it have been John McDonough? Maybe. Maybe. And well, maybe it's John McDonough who said, I don't want to let Stan Bowman go. Or maybe it's Stan Bowman going, yeah, John McDonough needs to go. I don't, it depends on and, – and when you get into family situations in business, it can be very political, right? People get very positional yeah. very quickly. The, I, don't, I don't know if we were planning on talking about the last dance, but we'll get I was – Yeah, I was just blown away by, uh, you know, the Jordan and Kraus infighting right? The GM mm-hmm. of the Bulls and Michael Jordan and me just going, what is it with Chicago teams like just not being able to cope with their own success? Yeah. <laughs> like, Stan Bowman wanted to fire Joel Quinville for so long. And it's like, man, you have the best team in the league. Stop. Right. right. Stop. Leave. Yeah. Because your ego gets in the way. Because, because Which you is exactly what happened with the Bulls. 100%. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. So just reading from the Wikipedia article, Wurtz was also blamed for the Blackhawks-Stanley Cup drought, uh, which was the second longest in NHL history uh, and the longest in team history. It was the second longest until they won, the Leafs' longest. Under the ownership of Wurtz, the Chicago Blackhawks were named ESPN's two, uh, in 2004 the worst franchise in sports by ESPN in 2004. <laughs> In 2002, ESPN ranked Wurtz as the third greediest owner of, in all of sports. And this is back when, get this, ESPN used to run the NHL. The NHL and ESPN had been partners right up until that 2006 lockout for 26 years. Right from the start. The ESPN had hockey right from the start. 
So this is when ESPN was a rights holder for the NHL, and they're calling the Blackhawks the worst franchise in sports and Wurtz the third greediest owner of all of sports. Wow. That's imagine, unbelievable. Imagine Sportsnet saying that about any NHL owner. Just writing yeah. an article like that? Yeah, like yeah. a list, a listicle? It's just worst Wouldn't people? Happen. <laughs> Wouldn't happen. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but it's like. Interesting. Like, they don't. Do they even call Eugene Melnick greedy? I think they'll just call him like brash and volatile, and they don't, they're never like that greedy bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Jacobs has an opinion, and he's he said something strongly worded. He's just no nonsense CEO who occasionally berates other owners and doesn't pay people. Like like they, yeah. no, they just go, oh, he's brash. Oh, he's cantankerous. But you know, you got to be a little cantankerous to get to that blue. To blue. It's my they don't Well, you got to be a thick. You got to be thick skin to work for him. Mmm. Ah, oh, so he's a. So he's pr- shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, very, very interesting. And 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 along with the last dance, you're absolutely right, Steve. You're talking about a team that won an unprecedented amount of games and playoffs. Forget the cups. Just think about the amount of playoff series the, the Hawks won. Right in that in that five to six year span, unbelievable. There, there were so always years in the second or third where, round, round minimum. I think were it not, uh, maybe I'm misremembering. Were it not for the uh, Kings in 2014, the Blackhawks could have won three straight. Yeah, they could have won 2013, 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. They still won two out of three. They won three in six, and they're still like, like it's it was just amazing to me that after all that success, they could then go on to make a trade where like Joel Quinville storms off on camera when he finds out about it. Mm-hmm. That was the Halmerson deal, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was a bad deal. Yeah. That was they the, seem to be was... just great at getting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the, again, with the last dance, Jordan is like going off with a championship hat on. Like this, that was mind-blowing to me. Like I want, I want my team to one day be champions and get to experience that moment. And Jordan's sitting there, and it's such it's so old hat to them that he's going on a tirade on the microphone because he's unhappy with ownership of the team he just won his fifth championship with. Mm-hmm. Like, just what? What? The, sorry, are we transitioning to the last dance sure. right now? Uh, yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> you made last, that decision. Sorry, <laughs> bad. I, I think bad. we're there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, hey, do you want to make a right hand turn as you've made it? <laughs> Well, and, and to that point, Burger King and McDonald's while we're in the McDonald's drive-thru. So. The, 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 the Bulls of that era, I don't believe, had a salary cap. Like, Michael Jordan was making the same amount of money that LeBron James makes right now. Yeah, he was the highest paid pro athlete in sports at the time. $36 wow. million dollars a year or something like that. Yeah. And like, so I didn't realize – I so I don't remember the beginning of Jordan's career, obviously, because I think it started before I was born. It did. It but, did, yeah. but uh, like, I always thought those Bulls – just always were just because I was a kid. Right. I didn't realize Dennis Rodman was there for one. He was there for one championship out of the six. No, no, no. He was there for, uh, I think the whole second half of the run. They went 95, 97, 98 with him. Yeah. Cause they, cause 96 Jordan was out. Yeah. Yeah, He was traded there in 95, man. No, Cause I thought, I thought Pippen wasn't there for the beginning of Rodman being there. No, Pippen was there. Pippen, Pippen was there. Yeah. Yeah. Pippen was there for all the last ones and with Rod. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
the uh, the interesting thing for me, and this is what I found, they talk about the rivalry with Detroit in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, 89, 90. You know, they uh-huh. cannot get past Detroit. They cannot get past Detroit. Two when years, Rodman is on Detroit. When Rodman's on Detroit. And yeah. they're just – and you, you, you realize how physical basketball used to be, right? You know, there was like – I mean, it's still physical now, but back then – there was some crazy stuff going on on the court, and they weren't get, get, getting kicked out for it. Oh, it was in 95. I'm sorry. So but... <laughs> okay. uh, what I found fascinating about that, or at least just about the – is the – at least for me, the parallel between Toronto and Boston and the fact that Boston – Boston does currently everything that Detroit is doing in that replay tape. And – what, what I found interesting about the Bulls situation, when they talk about Horace Grant complaining, remember? They talked about yep. that, where it's like, oh, once they complain, they've got to you. The Leafs, and, and we're guilty of this, true, tried to bitch our way past Boston. Tried to complain, and, and there's more fans than the, than the team. The team, they're, they're not really big complainers. But you can look at Sidney Crosby's career as an example of this, too. The refs are not going to call the same game in the playoffs. That's just the way it is. So what the Bulls did was they got tougher. They kept getting tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher, and they did it eventually. The Blues, the Blues out Bruins the Bruins in the Stanley yeah. Cup final. They yeah. were by far the dirtier team. Yeah, sure. the montage of uh, MJ, they're like, oh, he came back after that summer and he put on an extra 20 pounds of muscle just because he knew he couldn't be that skinny athletic dude anymore. He needed to have just some bulk on him to compete with Detroit. Right. That's and him, it was genius. Him, him passing to John Paxson? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like pass the ball a couple times. I guess I'll pass to John Paxson. <laughs> I'm always amazed when I see things like, and then the pro athlete decided I will then start working out. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't realize how, how much of those sports are just cardio. You know, yeah. there's running up, it's like soccer and basketball. There's, it's really just cardio. So you're not, you're losing so much muscle because you're doing so much running. So you have to do this extra amount to keep up with running back and up and down a court all day. Mm-hmm. So they have to really start training. And then, oh, yeah. So pro athletes all the time are just like, I just, I started hitting the gym. And it's like, what? I yeah. started doing that thing that everyone assumed I was doing the whole time, but wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I loved and when like, they interviewed his trainer too, um, Tim Grover. You guys should read that book. Uh, it's called... Um, relentless from good to great to unstoppable i read that when uh, i was on vacation in february okay what a great book not not necessarily for the storytelling element but you get a bit of a preview you get a look at uh michael's and kobe's um uh commitment to what they were the commitment to the sport the commitment to greatness and what it what it really takes and it's an attitude it's all an attitude and it's funny to watch michael jordan's attitude evolve and i just wonder you know, with, the, with those, those young bulls, right? You know, it was, it was just basically the Michael Jordan show. And then they institute that triangle system under Phil Jackson and that guy who was their offensive guy. And oh, I wonder with uh, the Leafs, uh, you know, they went through with Michael Jordan. It was 85 he started. Mm-hmm. They didn't win a championship until 91. That's and they talked about seven, him. That's they six talked or seven about years. Him. Yeah, and they talked it, – it was, it was a fascinating – time uh time capsule because i always thought he was always talked about as the greatest and this unstoppable man they were talking about him the way they talk about lebron james and this well, guy always oh, talk about lebron it. yeah he can't he can't win he get they still some people still talk about lebron and he's got what four three championships three but he went three? to seven in a row yeah 
but that's three. Wild. Mm-hmm. Wild. Yeah. But he went to seven in a row. That that yeah, but it, it surprised me how long it took. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this with um we talked about this last season. And I think you have to keep this in perspective. People talk about Super Mario. Mario Lemieux being the most skilled player of all time. And they're probably right. Mario Lemieux missed the playoffs the first five years he was in the league. And this is when the league had 21 teams. The league had 21 teams and the Penguins didn't make it to like 1990. And then they got eliminated in the first round. And then I think they won the next two years. Actually. So when and was so, Michael Jordan drafted? The same year, I think. They, I think they came in around the same time. I think they were drafted same year, 84, and then won their first One. championship, 91. Both Ooh. of them. Yeah, and That's followed wild. it up the next year. Both of them followed it up the next year. And you could argue both are the best player ever. Yeah. Argue. And, like, both had retired and then came back for, mm-hmm. obviously, very different reasons. Yep. It's interesting. Yep. Well, it, it, and it just goes to show that this stuff takes time, right? right. And you have to have that team that you overcome. Otherwise, it, it, there's going to be, when you get down to the fact that there's, you know, Leafs, if, if, if the NHL wasn't stupid uh, from a fairness perspective, the Leafs and Bruins would be meeting round two or round three. But because of the way they've set things up, and I, I can't imagine Bruins fans are thrilled with this either because they have to play Toronto-Tampa or Tampa-Toronto. It's not fun. Uh, or Tampa's got to play Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a fun setup. Those teams normally would meet later on in the playoffs. And I look at, I look at those and I think, okay, so yes, they lost two, two heartbreakers recently, one heartbreaker seven years ago, but who cares about that one? If, if they do want to win, they're going to have to, they're going to have to beat their Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Same thing with Washington and Pittsburgh, you know, Washington couldn't do it until they knocked off Pittsburgh. That's right. And they stopped bitching about the calls or the calls that they weren't getting and they played the game. And that's what the NH- that's what the Leafs are going to have to do. And remember, too, Michael Jordan went through two coaches before Phil before Phil came, right? There was two coaches. One of them, like, was the head coach, and then Phil Jackson's the assistant. You know that. Also, the team got better around Jordan too. True. Right. They got right? better he- players and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just I thought there were some fascinating parallels. We'll see if the Leafs can ever get themselves over the top. Speaking of the uh, the coaching situation, I find the most ridiculous thing about the entire doc is that if you just don't decide you want to do a rebuild at that time, you get to keep Michael Jordan. The whole premise of it is he doesn't want to keep Phil Jackson around because he wants to rebuild the team, but maybe if you just keep Phil Jackson around, you get to keep the greatest player of all time and just pay him his money. It's Why so ridiculous. fire the GM? Right. Krause is so ridiculous. Find a guy who can work with Phil Jackson. Right. He's like, this yes. is Phil's last year. Like, no. Why? Also, if you're going to rebuild, why start with the coach? Right. Like, you rebuild no, because you're like getting – He needed right. to get rid of Phil Jackson to start the rebuild because then he gets rid of Michael, then he gets the whole team back, and he gets to start his own little thing. Or just do that anyway. Like, you're the GM. Like, do these guys all have no trades or, or something? No. If they do, then sure. But that's, that's the part that's weird to me is that, like, they had, like Jesse said, no salary cap, all the money in the world, and beyond all of that. And the best team in the world. And the best team in the world. <laughs> like, once, not in a generation, not once in a lifetime, once ever player. Yeah. But once ever player who is 
the biggest basketball brand on earth to this day, 25 years later. Wild. Wild. It is crazy to me that they would even consider doing anything other than, Michael, what do you want to do? If I'm the GM, I go, Michael, how do you want it? How do you want this to play out? Okay, we'll make that happen. And if Michael Jackson or Michael Jackson, if Michael Jordan in a few years after that is down to 20 points a game, but there are players around him learning from Michael Jordan, fine. Mm-hmm. He's still Michael Jordan. He's still the brand. Right now, that's how it would work. Like the star player would tell the GM, hey, I want this to happen. Don't fire this coach. And then the GM would listen. Because sure. this is the greatest player of all time who's talking to you and you want to keep the greatest player around, you're going to build around him. But it was, it's so strange to me. I want to see how it ends in like Jordan's reasonings for retirement and just in quitting basketball entirely after that season because I want to see how he just came to that determination, you know, why he couldn't just fight through and not have Phil there, but also why they couldn't just bring Phil back. Or just sign with the Raptors, man. Just sign with the Raptors. <laughs> it is, or there's that. Also, the um, him frigging off to baseball for a year and a half. Yeah, wow, that'll there's be a all fun a story there. Yeah. They got a yeah. The thirty for thirty on it's really good, but they still, if I'm not mistaken, either of you feel free to jump in. But if I'm not mistaken, he's still never given a satisfactory reason for why. I, they say in the next, I think it's the next like three ish episodes. You get you get that little peak. You get the Olympics, the the dream team. And then you get the baseball stuff. So I don't know what happens in it, but they're going to they're gonna do it. And he's going to be there. He's going to provide some reasons. So I'm interested to see. Imagine if Gretzky left the Oilers in 86 to play soccer. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's the single craziest thing that any star player in any sport has done. Mm-hmm. Is it? Well, there was the whole OJ thing. But, yeah. you know, there... <laughs> It is OJ wins, but outside of criminal activity, (laughs) this one tops it outside of criminal activity. Like it's dude, the guy left for, he changed sports. The only thing that comes close is playing two at once. The weird thing is too, people (laughs) sort of just accepted it. They were like, wow, I guess that's crazy. crazy." All right. We're big white Sox fans now. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. And then they incorporated it into space jam. Yeah. It was in Space Jam. That he was it was then in a Bugs Bunny movie. <laughs> yeah. The best basketball player in the world changed sports and it became part of a Bugs Bunny movie. Mm-hmm. By the way, total, total, thing. total aside with The Last Dance, I can't get over how much Jordan and his mom have the same eyes. Like exact same eyes. Yeah, I'm like, I I'm looking at him like, damn, that is for sure. Like, wow. If you saw them on the street, it's like, yeah, father or uh, mother, son, for sure. Like you could just tell. Anyway, uh-huh. stupid, but still. Um, I like the Dennis Rodman episode was good too. Oh, very good. Awesome. Good yeah. very I um, you you have a little bit of sympathy for once for Dennis Rodman, right? Uh-huh. It's sort of this guy had a, had a he had a tough life. He's living on the street, and all of a sudden he's in the NBA. Like, also, that's it, pretty cool. I feel like people don't talk about enough about how he's just a bisexual athlete playing at the highest level on the biggest championship team. And just he's just being himself, you know. Yeah, and that's in the nineties. Yeah, People and he's just that woman. today. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's great. So my wife is becoming like a bigger and bigger sports fan, and I think her top sport is basketball. And I love watching these docs with her because, like, she doesn't bother to go back and look at the history, and she just he dated Madonna. 
Yeah. Like you should have, she was shocked. The Carmen Electra interview is crazy too. She's like, yeah, Michael Jordan just came to the hotel room to get him out of bed when he was hung over. Because she didn't know the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what he was doing. I don't know. Like <laughs> she thought they just had a week off. Yeah. Yo, I, I, I had oh, I had so good. a ton of respect for him based on that story. And the one thing I'm upset about, because I you're right, Jesse, he was just himself. He just was himself in the nineties when that was very avant-garde, very out there. You know, yeah. Ellen hadn't even come out on TV yet. There was no Will and Grace. Like any of the things that sort of opened the door a little bit in terms of pop culture. Dennis was on the forefront of some of that. What they didn't get into enough is how does Dennis Rodman go from being kicked out of his house by his mom to living on the street to, oh, he's in college now? Yeah, I feel like... Where did they just see him playing pickup? Like, how did that happen? Well, you yeah. could do a The Last Dance series, like a full-length series on each player they've discussed yeah. so far. Like, yeah. you could do Michael Jordan. You could do Jordan versus Krause. You could do Scottie Pippen. You could do Dennis Rodman. Like, who's next? Does anyone know? Well, I guess we're going to find out tonight. Yeah. Well, the, the, the next couple episodes are more the deep dive on Jordan and seeing his, like... Because they say this is where you're going to see how much of an asshole he really was and how much winning made him into a dick. So I'm, I'm, Interesting. I, I want to see that. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny. Growing up, everybody had a Michael Jordan something or a Chicago Bulls something. Remember those starter jackets that everybody had? I had a, a Chicago Bulls baseball jersey. There you go. <laughs> I had a Michael Jordan jersey when he came back. So I still have it. It's a Bulls jersey, but it says 45 on it. Mm. Because that was his number when he came back. For that exactly little like couple, yeah, it's not even like a half. It's like a couple games. It's like twenty games or something. So I have like a kid's forty-five Jordan jersey. Weird, um, but you knew in the neighborhood, you knew the kids that knew basketball from the kids that didn't. The kids that didn't know basketball as well, like me, you know, you'd wear Michael Jordan stuff. <laughs> if you knew basketball, the kids that were like, "Yo, whatever," I'm a, I'm a hipster on this. They had Scottie Pippen jerseys, and it's because. They're being difficult. And they're being difficult, <laughs> but they wanted to show that they were different and they knew that what they were talking about. And those kids, the kids with the Scottie Pippen jerseys could fucking play. Yeah. Every single, I never saw a kid with a Scottie Pippen jersey who was like, no, nah, I can't play basketball. Scottie yeah. Pippen. No way. No way. Yeah. Underrated part of the documentary is that people will realize that Scottie Pippen was a big part of the team. It's not yeah. because he, he's kind of getting lost. He got lost to history because it's like, oh, this is the Michael Jordan Bulls. But no, Scottie Pippen was like the Clay Thompson today. He's a very good player. You could probably have his own team. It's just mm-hmm. he's got to be the, the number two on the greatest team ever. And I started watching basketball that like regularly that playoff run against the utah jazz when they were in the final i think the last time they were in the finals which was against the utah jazz i think and then pippen joined the blazers the next year the trailblazers mm-hmm. wasn't it the pip and that's when it got it was weird and that's when the raptors were on the upswing right around that time they got vince carter and uh charles oakley and some of those other guys but anyway really fascinating stuff um i'm just gonna see what else i had listed here um there is something I thought we should, we should probably throw out there. So let me ask you this. So if you guys have a product that you've worked really hard on, okay, and you, part of your product is um, people. People are a part of the asset of your business. And those people are represented by agents. And those agents keep coming in and taking your people to another business. Are you going to stop those agents from being able to operate within your business? 
Well, does that make sense what I just asked you? So if people keep taking my employees, guys, yeah. I would probably be mad at them and try to stop them. So you can understand then why the Russian Hockey Federation kicked out Paul Theofanos, Dan Milstein, Mark Gandler, and others. They are now unaccredited agents. And really? Yes, in the KHL. They are no longer considered accredited agents in the KHL. Wow. Dan Milstein. Dan Milstein. That's uh, Ilya Mikheyev's agent. And I think Ozhiganov and I think Zaitsev. Sashnikov. Uh, yeah. Actually, here, I can bring it up. That's yeah. fascinating. So what does, what does that mean? From what I understand, and this is from uh, – let me, let me just have a look at this here. This happened this week, and it was sort of an underrated story. When there's no hockey going on, you would expect a story like this to blow up. But I feel like – no, I feel like no stories really blow up right now. I know. Now. It's weird. Like the I, aliens thing came out, and everyone's like, oh. No one cared. Yeah. Well, because we all know they exist. Like, come on. <laughs> Anyways. Um, come on. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Jillian Kemmerer was the one with the story. Now, she is a Muscovite, and she obviously reports for Sport Express. I think um, she's an American who's over there reporting. Oh, okay. Well, she yeah. says forever Muscovite, so I'm assuming, whatever. Anyway, she, uh, she said the Russian Hockey Federation has just put out a list of agents who they say are not accredited to work in Russia with professional teams or players, and the list includes Theophanos, Milstein, Gandler, among others. And so very, very, very interesting that they would do that. Uh, also included, yes, these are some of the agents that probably we wouldn't see more of. Uh, there's a lot of Russian agents on here, but the, the ones that really stood out to me, obviously were Theophanos, uh, Milstein and Gandler. And specifically, I mean, Milstein especially has been linked to the Leafs over and over and over again. Well, and, a, and a big reason while well, they were saying, or not, not a reason, but a, a side effect of Kyle Dubas doing the right thing by Elian Mikheyev when he got his, uh, arm slash there. Um, they were saying, well, you know, Dan Milstein represents all these guys over in russia mm -hmm. and you know he tells them listen i like toronto there's lots of other nice cities whatever but the leafs will do right by you they will treat you right now i'm just looking puckpedia has uh all these agents mm -hmm. and they have their uh players there's uh dan milstein's top money maker is nikita kucherov his his second highest money maker per year is Nikita Zaitsev. Wow. Who, and, and this is well. important. This is important when you go down the list though, guys who weren't drafted. So like a guy like Nikita or Nikita, Vladislav Nemestikov, who's his third highest moneymaker. That guy was drafted. I want to say he was a first round pick. He was going to come over no matter what. Mm -hmm. Andre Vasilevsky, he was going to come over no, no matter what. Nikita Zadorov, Ivan Barbashev. Uh, Christopher's Bendoulas. I don't remember him, but like a guy like Ilya Mikheyev or Nikita Zaitsev, do they go over to the NHL without an agent leading them in that direction to make the money? Right. That's fascinating to me. And yes, I was right about, it uh, looks like he does represent Nikita Sashnikov, who is currently in the KHL. Um, this is from an article yesterday from the Pension Plan Puppets, and they're talking about how this very story. The speculation uh, is this has to do with Russian players leaving for North America. And it's not, this is the interesting part. It's not just like Nikita Zaitsev, Ilya Mikheyev, Alexander Barabanov, who is also going to be a Leaf whenever the next season him. starts. Yes. It's about the Russians leaving Russian junior leagues to come to North American junior leagues. 
So guys like Mikhail Abramov, SDA, um, Andrei Svechnikov did that. All of them left to play, and I'm quoting directly, for, this is Briggs Stew, 88, wrote this for Pension Plan Puppets. All of them left to play in the CHL, NCAA, or the USHL to develop as pre-draft eligible prospects in North America so they have more exposure in the NHL for NHL scouts. Some of them are going to the USHL first and then either the NCAA or moving to the CHL. It's a weird path to take, but they're doing it. I've noticed um, that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, something you would never think of. Now, guys, this is where it gets so super strange, Okay. You ready for something even weirder than the NA, the Russians kicking out agents? Because it, it's 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 very. It seems like they would do that, and and that's a business move. And I I sort of get that perspective, although it's kind of. Here's where I have a question. Yes. This this one line at the end of the pension plan puppets piece, I can't tell if he's joking, or if he means this. Okay. This is Briggs True eighty eight. It's Briggs Stew 88, by the way, uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter. Um, here's what he said. And it might be a joke. I've heard word that MLSE is exploring the idea of purchasing a KHL team in Finland to maintain steady, their steady stream of KHL prospects and free agents to their NHL team. Is that a joke? That's is a that joke. them making fun of you? That's that's a reference to Adam Wilde on is the Dango podcast. Because this is the part where I'm like, <laughs> I think they might be making fun of you. I think okay. they're making fun I, of you. Because I was hoping they would. Because here's the thing. I was like, no. I was, I'm sitting in my, my like, it's like 6 a.m. this morning. I'm wa- I wake up early because the birds are chirping outside my window. I'm like, no fucking way. No fucking way. Come on. How is this not bigger? And then, yeah. I, I, I want it to be real. <laughs> I want it to be real. Well, I checked with a, a NHL insider by the name of Chris Johnston, and he said, not that I know of. Uh, he said, but I suppose anything is possible. Not sure uh, that the NHL would maybe look kindly on them being involved in the KHL in that manner. Yeah, no. They're making fun of you, Adam. Are they making fun of me? Yeah, yeah. Damn yeah. It. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's a good idea. It's awesome, but. Well, anyway, yeah. I was like, what? No, fuck. No. Anyway, if, if listen, anything for a competitive Briggs advantage, do, is stupid. Do eighty-eight. If if this is if you actually did hear that, please tweet us because I'd love to know. There are people mad that the Newfoundland Growlers are too good. Like, who cares? Like, just go do your thing with your minor league team. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn. I want that to be true, though. I do too. You know, I would I would think it makes more sense to do it like with SHL rather than KHL. But hmm. man, or anyone i mean they but have apparently, enough swedish prospects a bunch of sure. a bunch of swedish listeners reached out to me after the last the time i mentioned that and i think they said that you have to be locally owned in the majority so the leafs could only partially own a team i think that's what they said there's some sort of rule which makes sense where they want to keep the teams in sweden sweden's a small country and you know rich country well, but want to keep the teams there and a lot of those leagues have like you're only allowed X amount of import players. I don't know what it's right. like in Sweden, but I want to say in KHL, it's like five non, it's either non-Russians or non-Europeans. Right, to fill out the rosters. Something right? like that. Oh, but not they, to, it, to encourage Russian talent. Right, but then for, for like Jokerit or um, Dynamo Riga, I think they make exceptions because those teams are like, I think Jokerit is majority Finnish mm-hmm. and Dynamo Riga is majority Latvian. What about China? I wonder what the rules are with that team. Like Red Star, Finland. 
And I think uh, they make exceptions for them too. It's the KHL. Does, they can. Does Zagreb still have a team? No. No. Okay, they moved. No, they lost their team. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm think... like, would they be mostly? I think that's Czech, right? So uh, Zagreb? No, Croatia. Croatia, right? They had. There was a Czech team too. I don't know if it's there does anymore. Prague, yeah, does Prague have a team anymore? I, I don't think. Do uh, they ever have a team? I don't think Praha's there, and um, Slovan Bratislava, I don't think is there anymore either. So it changes every friggin' day. I could find a full list. Oftimobilisk, I think, stopped running too. I think they're. I don't know if they exist anymore. The team that just signed Bill Peters. Okay, maybe they did. Not Oftimobilisk. No, Novakuznetsk. Oh, is that what it was? Novakuznetsk is is done. They folded. It changes every friggin' yeah all the time, all right. the time. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Abdomen Belize would be something. Hey, Bill Peters is hired. Uh, <laughs> and then they uh, get slammed. <laughs> uh, anyway, found, it, found that kind of interesting that like last second. Oh, by the way, Russia just kicked out a bunch of agents, especially the prominent ones. So let's do the press conference, shall we? Um, did you see the note about uh, Justin Bieber possibly siding with Elise a la Drake with the Raptors? Yeah, I did. Sorry. So do you want to talk about that? Do you want to bring it up? No, that's just the note. Yeah, that's the whole note. Well, if they did, here's the thing. I think in a business sense, Justin Bieber and Drake are not in the same boat. No. Like they might be at one time, but no, no, no. I'm not talking about popularity. Justin's extremely popular. Yeah. Drake puts out an album every year. Justin hasn't had one out for like four. It it's Justin doesn't Hard to explain. He's like retired. Uh, yeah, he just here's the thing. He Justin likes to do his own thing. Drake is branding and business and and music and all the other things that make Drake Drake. There's a reason why Drake makes as much money as he does, and he can have a you know you can you know drop a zillion dollars into a house that nobody will ever be able to purchase after he's done with it. Like it's that big, right? It's so big that no, it'll be on. It, you could never sell it. It's so big. Um. Justin is not like that. Justin is a little bit more chill, likes to go to the games, um, likes to be a part of the atmosphere, is a big Leafs fan, you know, loves being in Ontario. I think he's, he's quarantining here right now. But I don't think, I don't see Justin on stage sitting with his friends watching the Leafs in the playoffs at Maple Leaf Square. Does that make sense? I also don't see him. I don't see Justin Bieber putting his logo on the MasterCard Center in Etobicoke for their practice. I also feel different. Am I wrong? I think he'd get booed. Yeah, (laughs) like if he sat at Maple Leaf Square, there's no reason to boo him. Like it's no, but like Drake, I think was very accepted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Bieber, I think a lot of like hockey dudes would be like, "Boo, you!" Wait, suck. are you saying the hockey community is really exclusive and doesn't accept new people? I mean, flipping way. Maybe. God. I mean, maybe. I'm shocked. shocked. It's yeah. Why can't I? Don't know. I like the idea, but like Drake is such a weird unicorn in his role for the Raptors yeah. and people just, make fun of the Raptors for doing it when it happened. I don't think people appreciate what Drake is in terms of like a marketing genius and a business mogul and all those other, and also on top of that being an international celebrity. Like yes. people, I don't think people realize how much depth there is there and you can't just plug in any personality into a role like that. It just and doesn't work. Any Milwaukee, any Milwaukee fans. I was at game three. He straight up had an impact on that game. 
he did. He he. Oh, if he was anybody else, he would have been kicked out of the building and never allowed back. Mm-hmm. But he got a twenty-five thousand dollars fine. He was a Raptors employee. Yeah, yeah. The guy. He straight up had. He had an impact though. Raptors lose that game, they probably get swept. Yep. I don't think you can. I don't think, as Jesse said, I don't think you can replicate what Drake is with Justin Bieber or anyone. Frankly, no. anyone. I don't think there's anybody. I, I don't, maybe Jay-Z, if Jay-Z signed with, like, I know he's, he's got a thing with um, the NFL right now, but, like, if Jay-Z, if for some reason the New York Yankees needed a brand rehab the way the Raptors did a few years ago, you know, Jay-Z be a guy. Yeah, I th- but Brooklyn. I think even on that, they, uh, they tried that with the Nets when he was part owner with the, uh, the Russian dude. Yeah. Remember? Oh, and, then, and then he had to sell that, and then the Russian guy ended up selling it too, and it just didn't work out. Who's, and they changed all the uniforms. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And those uniforms suck, by the way. The new Nets uniforms with the colors on the side. And the, yeah, I think they're crap. Oh, <laughs> Well, it's just oh, every team best. every team with a bad uniform went, what if we had a black uniform? Yeah. 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 And now everyone's got a black uniform. Mm-hmm. And now they're not cool anymore because everyone's got one. Yeah. Um, like, who is the most famous hockey fan in the world? The most famous hockey fan? Yeah, at least Mike in Myers? terms of celebrity. Will Arnett? Yeah, like Mike Myers has not been relevant for over a decade. Right, right. Right? Will Arnett. Bieber, maybe. Is the most famous. Like, you, Putin, Bieber. it does not count. Justin Bieber. <laughs> it's got to be Justin Bieber. Will yeah. Farrell? Is he a big hockey? Oh, he's an LA fan, right? Yeah, yeah. He's Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg in the booth with Sabolski. Uh, uh, uh. Yo, for what it's worth. No, don't say. What that. if we record him saying three things? <laughs> they <laughs> and then it comes on during every second period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think they did as hokey as that is. I think they did the best job that could have possibly been done with that. Is that fair? Oh, sure. Like it sounds sure. like it's happening. It does. Yeah. It doesn't sound phony. It's just. It's a bit, especially every second period. Hey, we're going to have Snoop Dogg's. Like, oh, my God. I and for anybody who doesn't know, we're talking about NHL 20. Oh. When you have commentary on, sometimes Snoop Dogg joins the booth, and it sounds like he's a guest commentator in the game. And this, the execution is not the best. It's, <laughs> that's the problem with a game that you play all the time is you just you start – you remember every line of dialogue by heart. Yeah. Did, I, did I you know that Ray Ferraro only had two empty netters? I'll never forget it now. <laughs> you guys don't turn off commentary? I do. I do because yeah. I like to listen to like podcasts and stuff while I'm Same playing. Same here. I can't remember if I turned it off. I think I, think I might have had to for my streaming. Hmm. Yeah, but it's... that have to do it because they probably are in that booth for hundreds of hours recording stuff. Didn't Jim Houston say he'd never do it again? Did he? Or something like Somebody that. Yeah, because he was the voice for years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, sure. Bill, I'm Jim Houston, and I'm Bill Clement. Remember? Yeah. And then it was Eddie yeah. Oldchuck. Yeah. Yep. And, but I guess he's probably like, this is exhausting, and it probably doesn't pay well. And <laughs> it's great for your brand, but it's just, oh, it's a lot of work to, to record stuff like that. You, one day they're going to do a documentary on how um, – like, how you, like the voicing. In, you look, about, look at um, – I think Grand Theft Auto, or not Grand Theft Auto, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Took like five years. Five years yeah. <laughs> to craft the story, build it, and all that stuff, make sure all the glitches were out of it, and, and make sure that the voice actors matched. 
Imagine how many times the the guy who plays the main guy, whatever his name is, I can't remember anyone. Arthur name. Morgan. How Arthur dare Morgan. You? Imagine how many times he had to go, Ugh. just like grunt. Like think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, for Ro- years. Roger Clark is the name of the well. Uh, oh God, what do they call him? Like motion capture actor. Yeah. Because they're not just voicing these over in a booth. And he told this great story. I actually watched this video today because I'm obsessed. Um, where he recorded all his horse lines. Where you're all right, girl. You know, where, where he's talking to his hey, horse. Hey, girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, he recorded all his horse lines. Two weeks later, they're like, yeah, Roger, you got to re-record all your horse lines. Why? Well, because it sounds like you really like like your horse. Yeah. No, no. Like, it sounds like you're in love with the horse. And it's... <laughs> All the lines are like, you're all right, girl. <laughs> is, that, is it like Cartman, where it's like, it sounds like you're in love with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of creepy, and he's like, mm, yeah, okay, I'll re-record all of those. That's very funny. Uh, I, just, uh, oh, I would love the, to be in a GTA or Red Dead game. God. The Madden 2003 game, they had, uh, they had a couple of videos in the, in the PS2 menu. Like if you go to like settings and like credits and all that stuff, you can watch some behind the scene videos and they oh. show like all the motion capture stuff and they'd show Al Michaels and John Madden recording their lines for the, for the commentary for the game. So you saw a little behind cool. the scenes um, of that in, inside the game, which is really cool because I was obsessed with Madden That's 2003 for some reason. Sick. That yeah. is 2003. Sick. Um, that was one a of great the, time. One of the great, great, great time for video games. Mm-hmm. It was. It was great. Yeah. Um, and that and the rights weren't so hardcore, so you'd have competing NHL games and competing football games, yeah. and it pushed them to be better rather than now, which is no, we own this, and it's as bad as we want it. I want to say 2K 2003 had swollen members in it. And I remember Whoa. being like, CanCon! That's, <laughs> that's a Canadian group! Oh my god! Ah! I just thought that was the craziest thing. Yeah, they Bold still say. Numbers. What is it? Two K five is the best uh, football game of all time, and then EA Sports bought up the rights, so they had no competition. <laughs> so they oh. they eliminated the best video game football game. Oh, yeah. they were like MVP baseball was so good. I remember as so well. good. You could build they, before like anything. They had these features. You could build your own baseball park, and then you'd be complete owner of the stadium and the ticket prices. And then you get upgrades just by having a good team. And it was so in depth. It was ahead of its time. And then Sony came, and Sony bought the rights to the MLB games. So nobody. So you could only find MLB games on on the PlayStation. PS3. Yeah, I remember I had an Xbox 360 and I wanted to play a baseball game and there just wasn't one. Didn't have an option. Like because <laughs> 2K 2K continued their game for a little bit, but then they stopped because it just right. wasn't good enough. Right, and it's it's oh man, it's it's hilarious to think that that used to be the case. Like that there were multiple different brands of the NFL, the NHL, whatever. And I would think that competition forces you to be better. Um, and I I think it's a shame that these. I think the NHL should be smart and say, let's let the best man win. We want a fraction of every sale that happens and we'll just see what game does well. Because what you have then is fans buying multiple games. Well, we'll try this, we'll try that. Yeah, especially when you see what 2K Sports is doing with the NBA franchise. Oh, it's like, and you're limiting your product as the NHL and be like, no, we're only going to have EA Sports make it. Yeah. When you could probably have this other version that's probably an alternative that's just as good or better. I'm just. I'm worried for NHL 21 just because, well, actually it has so much potential because it could potentially be the only hockey 
<laughs> but uh, also, I just feel like 20 is a, it's fine. It's fine if everything works. Like, the, it's, the game is so damn buggy. Like, if you just release the game as it is but fix all the bullshit, it's a fantastic game. You know what I mean? Right. Especially a lot of the online stuff. and I just I, Even, like, their servers, EA servers, it's always. Awesome. It's just it's a coin flip of whether or not you can get into it and if it's stable. Dude, we did a stream. We did a stream on, on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and Twitch last week. We're going to do another one tonight. And we had to stop the stream because the game froze. There, you go. there was no way, like, exiting the game meant stopping the stream. It ruined the stream. Right. Because it but froze. With, the thing with EA, too, is they've got all these resources, but they spend all, these monies, all this money to buy the right. So, like, one of the, a couple of the franchises that I really liked that EA put out was uh, Battlefield 1, which is the, 19, which is the um, World War I video game, which was very ambitious and well-executed game. You know, a World War I video game had never been really done before, and they did an amazing job with it. Then they have Star Wars. The first one, people were like, okay, so you've released a game, but there's no storyline. There's no campaign. Stupid. So, Stupid. so they they so it's all I, online. I remember you telling us about that. It's just so it was like, the game. So you just so this is it. So this is okay. All right. So, but I I had a good group of guys that I played with, so I played it a lot, and it was fun. Fast forward, you go to the next game, and the second Star Wars. There was that massive blow up. I don't know if you guys remember this, where you had to buy your way into being a better player. Yeah, I do remember this. You could play your way into it, but they said it, they estimated it would take 3,000 hours to unlock everything. And that went, I think the Netherlands were the first ones to say, ah, that's gambling. And we're not allowing that because there's, there's a card pack system where you buy card packs with the credits that you earned and you don't know what, what you could get. You could get a really good card. You could get a really shitty card. That's a lottery. And so they're like, that's gambling. You can't do that. And so it's so crazy that EA wouldn't see that as maybe an issue. And what's funny about that Star Wars game is like, I bought the full season pass, whatever. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. So I bought the whole thing. I'm like, just give me the whole game up front. It was like 120 bucks or something. And they are still releasing new DLCs for it. And everybody that I know that still plays it goes, oh, it's a great game now. But it was a shitty game for eight months. I know. I know. Months. I know it's a ridiculous. And it took spending three hundred dollars in yes. microtransactions to make it. And, a yeah. game. and then if you did, if you did do all that work, then they just gave it fucking to you anyway. Once those eight months were on, so I fucking hustled and got all that shit done. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're just gonna give it to you now." Imagine <laughs> you. Imagine you went to like Harvey's, right? Yeah. And yeah. you ordered a burger, and you brought it home, and it was lettuce and meat. Right, and then a month later, they shipped you the bread. <laughs> the next week, they give you a pickle. Mm-hmm. Like, what? You'd be pissed, right? No, they're, they're, no you have yeah. to do fifty push-ups to get the pickle. You have to yeah. do fifty fucking push-ups to do the pickle. Yeah. And then here's the best part: you've already paid for the pickle, but now you got to do push-ups for it. And you I haven't unlocked a tomato. Sanity to me. And <laughs> then, so now I my my Some friend nine-year-old going be better. Yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want a tomato? Be better. You suck. <laughs> true your mom your mom get a so, tomato so my buddy alex is uh and, and steve is great friends with alex as well jesse knows alex quite well um one of my groomsmen great guy alex 
has been like bugging me to to download the the Battlefield 1942, whatever the the Second World War game. So I download it, mm-hmm. and I mean I'm playing multiplayer, and of course I'm getting my ass kicked. But I'm like picking up health packs and trying to heal myself. So if you get hit, like say there's a hundred hundred health bar, you might get down to twenty. Yeah. And then so I I get down to twenty, and then I'd heal up, and I'd be at fifty five. Okay. Well, I go get another health pack and it wouldn't work. So their rationale is if you're on a battlefield and you get hit, you are not going to be 100% healthy that day. So oh, that's you cool. have to keep fighting. It's realism. No, it's not fucking cool. <laughs> it sucks. How? Then you get a 12 year old in here, you're like, I'm going to fucking balls you. Like, like, <laughs> like, and, and you're, I don't play. For it to be that realistic. I had issues with the historical inaccuracies in Battlefield 1 and the fact that they didn't have the perspectives of Germans, Austria-Hungarians, Ottomans, all of those things, right? But I know it's a video game. In this case, it's like, no, you're going to run. Oh, you're first off, they stand where you, like, you spawn and they're there and they got their sniper rifle. If you survive spawning, you can't ever get back up to health. And if anybody ever hits you with even the graze of a bullet, you're gone. Again. How about you when you die? The game, not fucking playing the game. How about- be on the fucking field for the game. But no, let's what make it really it? realistic. If you die, like, oh. the game explodes. Yeah. The, the, EA Sports comes in and they take your they disc. They take it back. <laughs> You're dead. Yes, I get you get one life. One fucking life. Anyway, and this is what's crazy to me. And then they're like, oh, by the way, you have to wait 20 seconds for your squad to squad up so you can go back in. So I'm sitting there uh, fucking waiting for this countdown yeah. to happen. Dude, uh, I just want to mm-hmm. fucking play a video game. I'm a dad. I get like 20 minutes a day free time. Let me fucking jump in and go. And they're like, no, sorry, you got an update. Don't worry, tomorrow you'll be able to play, though. Fuck It'd you. be like if you're playing GTA and you get shot in the leg and then for the rest of the game, your leg is just injured and you're just, limping around. Yeah, you gotta, it's like, you no. go to the hospital, have an actual operation, and right. then what let me run around in a circle in a field for a little bit for like 30 seconds and let me heal up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't have to be that real. And then I'm healed and then I'm good. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. I used to, I used to be play. like, one day video games are going to be so realistic and it's going to be great. And now they're so realistic and they stink. The graphics <laughs> they're need to be realistic. The play does not. It's a no. video game. No. Mm-hmm. It's a video game. And that's the thing. So I'm playing Animal Crossing now. You know what you do in Animal Crossing? Whatever. But you know what's Whatever great about you it? You're always fucking playing. Yeah. That's the best part about Animal Crossing. Yeah. And that's what I realized about like Super Mario. Super Mario, you're, when you're playing, you're playing. Mm-hmm. And when you die, it takes about five seconds. Bang, you're back in. The one- the I want to play. There's the an one, art to video games that's missing when you go for too much realism. Yes. And, and, and too much, just let, why do I have to wait to respawn? Put me the fuck back on the field, man. This is ridiculous. You know what was a great, uh, great game that just said, screw it, it's all about fun? Rocket League. Yes. Rocket League. So true. You're a car and it's a soccer ball and sometimes it's a puck and it's (laughs) insanity. It's insanity. And and it's here's some things that make you jet. Now you're a jet. The physics don't work, but who cares? (laughs) It's, yeah, because you're a magical robot car and it's a lot of fun. Everything else, you go back to 55 after you die. If you're going for realism, I'm just dead then. Yeah, yeah. I'm just dead. They're, they're half, they're half, that's being half dead, oh. right? Like that's what it, it's, no, and it's not even that you die and you go back to 55. It's that you get hit 
and the most you can heal up to is like a 55. Stupid. Right. Stupid. So you just die over and over again. Yeah. Because if I did get hit, I'm getting carted off the fucking field anyway, man. I'm not, not healing myself up, <laughs> wrapping a Band-Aid around it, going, fuck it, boys, I'm a 55. I'm still good. Let's go. You know what I find myself doing more and more? If I'm talking to a friend who's going through a tough time, I go, how, ma- how much video games are you playing? Oh, uh, you know, I play this to wind down. I'm like, you play StarCraft to wind down. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Have you ever seen someone who's good at StarCraft play StarCraft? It's, it's, it's stressful. It's very stressful. Watch the self This is me relaxing. Yeah. Or League of Legends. Rush! Circling Rush! Let's go! Your mom! Be better! Get better! And you're in your 30s relaxing. Right. <laughs> Maybe watch two hours. Carrier arrived, motherfucker! Let's go! <laughs> really? That's relaxing. Oh, man. Sorry, Are you sure? Jesse, Jesse, what did you want to say, man? No, I just said maybe instead watch Too Hot to Handle, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. a little bit more relaxing. <laughs> Dude, I watched Too Hot to Handle and like every, every day at dinner while I was feeding Everly. And no, she wasn't facing the television. And I was just like, this is my... <laughs> she's a baby. Yeah, she can watch. Yeah, exactly. But she's not going to know. And like I was just like feeding her and I'd watch Too Hot to Handle. I'm like, this is nice. This is a happy time. Yeah. I'm happy. Done. I play. I get on a battlefield too. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, honestly, it took me about thirty seconds to know I just made an eighty dollar mistake. I just bought this fucking game and I want to snap my controller. <laughs> I'll never play that game again. Ever. I want my money back, and I can't get it. I, I'll never get. It. You got to go to their house, like South Park, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Passion of the Christ is a shitty movie. Give me back my eight dollars. Yeah, that's how it feels, and that's how. It- and that's not to besmirch EA employees. It's just, a, it's just dumb. Like, that's mm-hmm. dumb, right? It's not it's, – it's the company goes, well, we own everything, so we can just do whatever the fuck. <laughs> and yeah. that's been a complaint for years. How about yeah. you take this $80 packet of stress and ruin your life for two hours a day? Yeah. What if you did that instead? And in a year, you might be good enough to have an even kill count. You might have as many deaths as you, as you do shot. How good are you at uh, Fortnite now? Pretty good because Fortnite is not about shooting. Fortnite is about hiding. So, um, it's really fun if you're with a good group Sounds of so fun. It, it the fun. game it is, is about hiding. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Dude, it, you're, you know with Fortnite, if you, the, more, the, the more crafty you are, the longer you play. And I like that. Fortnite's not about going in guns blazing. So, these fucking kids that are so good or... And in Call of Duty Warzone's case, which is basically Fortnite, but for Call of Duty, uh-huh. they've taken, they found all the people that were cheating, by the way, and just put them all in the same game. Because they what? are able, people are able to cheat the system, right? They're able to jump on, especially if it's cross console. If you are on a PC, it's very, very easy for computer, people who are really computer proficient to yeah. get into these games. Uh, and I don't yeah. know how it works, but you basically are able to hack in, change. Well- and you can change the frame rate and you can change how your bullet hits or whatever. On, on Fortnite, especially because you you'll be on PC and you'll be playing somebody on PS4. And it's just, that's just unfair because Those the keyboard and the mouse is just so much quicker. Oh, yeah. And you're able to customize a PC to exactly your preferences so you can just dominate the game. It's that's the why same. apparently pro gamers for PC, sorry, for PlayStation 4, use a mouse and a keypad. You can actually apparently do that. Because you're more accurate with a mouse than you are with um, so, your thumbs. Yeah. So relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a, you know what? Fortnite is a blast. And it's free. Like, you don't, you, if you play Fortnite and you don't like it, 
just fucking delete it. It's free. You don't pay for it. Yeah. Yes. Like I paid $80 for that god awful World War II game. Yeah, the graphics are sick. You know what? I never fucking saw anything because it was covered in smoke and then some asshole's like on me with his nuts in my face. Like I don't like Adam's just getting teabagged yes. in Warzone. <laughs> Stupid. No, I never played Warzone. I, I just I know Pete Blackburn's been all over that, but like, yeah. oh no, I got shot by some Austrian troops. Get better. <laughs> Your mother. Get better. Noob. Noob. Steve, what's the best uh, game you've played recently? Oh man, dude, I'm boring. Like I play like two games a year. Like oh. I just finished. Our, I'm almost done my third playthrough of Red Dead Two, mm. and I'm playing NHL Twenty. I gotta move on to another game, but. Like, I have no interest in playing any shooting game online. I tried it for a while with, uh, it was like Halo whatever. Five. Halo Reach? Wasn't it Reach? Uh, I don't think I don't it was with it was Halo like. Reach, although underrated game, in my opinion. Underrated. I, great game. Yeah. yeah uh, gamers hated it for some reason. I don't get it. Um, but uh, online uh, shooting games, d- the amount of time you, you got to commit to the game for it to even be playable, playable for you is wild. And it's just not something, I understand why people watch video games because what these streamers are able to do is insane. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Which, which is why I will say like, there's so many impressive games and like I can appreciate anyone who's good at any video game. I don't understand why Fortnite's so big from a streaming perspective because okay, boys, we're about to drop into a game. And then you drop into this beautiful looking map. Mm-hmm. And then all you see is this guy jumping around and it's just blue flashes in front of his face because he's building the whole freaking time. And all you see is blue flash, blue flash. And maybe once every five minutes, all right, blue flash, blue flash, blue flash. Blue, blue. It's just epilepsy. It's the, it's the, the personalities that sell it. epilepsy. It's the personalities that sell It's not the game. It's the totally. people that play it. It's the guys that are streaming that are hilarious. That's why. Totally. <laughs> you, need to watch this, you need to watch this version on YouTube. Yeah, for anybody who's not watching. <laughs> that, that seems like it's Drop your... into a beautiful map that you never get to see. Blue flash. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to take a look at me building a shed for 45 minutes and finish eight. <laughs> and like, finish eight. <laughs> and finish eight. Yeah. Like, dude. I have to tell you, I've played video games for 20 years. Nothing, nothing has been more satisfying than winning a game of Fortnite. Not, I've have you never, won? I have, yes. And I have wow. team game, never on my own. Oh. But my team, we, so it was me, my friend Philippe, and his brother Mark, and this kid from Mexico who might have been nine. And <laughs> what? And I he's like, Fortnite once and it was with an 11 year old. And he, this kid, this kid was the Wayne Gretzky of Mexican Fortnite. Like, this kid was good. And he was so accepting of us. Like, usually the kids are like, look at these noobs with the noob. They got the noob skins on, bro. They didn't buy skins, bro. I'm like, whatever. You freaking used your parents' money to buy your, your right. skins, bro. But whatever. You Anyways, got that for Christmas. Yeah. So this kid's like, this kid's like, la, 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 in Spanish. And then we're like, cool. Oh, he didn't even speak. No, he spoke only Spanish. And, and then he knew we were speaking English. And he's like, American, American. And then we're like, we're like, no, no, Canadian. He's like, hey. And then uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we got into the, because at the end, it's a fight, right? Like it's a real fight. And because the, the circle gets closed, closed and closed and closed and closed. And it takes about half, no, 20 minutes to get through a game. 
And uh, anyway, so we're at the end. And this kid could build like blue flash, blue flash, blue flash, like I've never seen before. And you and just hid behind his shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and finally, my friend Mark hits the last guy with a sniper bullet. And you've never seen two men in their 40s. This is buddy, my buddy Mark and his buddy Philippe. <laughs> Me in my late 20s at the time. And this kid who might have been nine. He hasn't even hit double digits. Scream so fucking loud. The dogs got up and were like, what? <laughs> it was. Because it is such a, it's such a, you have to be calm. You have to be, it's like golf. You have to be calm measured you know you have to really play things smartly 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 big explosion and that's right. that's what's so fun about Fortnite is there's a thrill that you build up to every game and that's why i love that game it's so much fun and usually you lose but man when we won it was like i was doing fist pumps like it was like the least were in the playoffs it was amazing anyway it's video ridiculous. it's ridiculous they're hard yeah they're so hard yeah yeah i don't know and like you're good you're better than most. At what? Fortnite? Gaming, I would say. Me? You play a lot of you play Dude, a lot I get of video. I kicked games. off the charity team. <laughs> okay, you're shit no, at chill. <laughs> you're shit at chill. You're good at shooters. You're, you're good, good at, at shooters. Games. I'm okay you're at shooters. I'm okay. I'm good at the Star Wars shooters. That's about it. I, th I think you're selling yourself short. Yeah. Compared to most? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I would love to see you on. I would love to see you on a Fortnite stream. Here's here's the thing. Yeah, I'd love to do a Fortnite stream. Here's the thing about shooters. We should though. Fortnite stream on the Friday. I yeah. If you guys want a Fortnite stream, yeah, like, it's, it's so grandpa. Go how do you shoot? That's what How do I build a shed? What's the build a shed button? Can you? What's the blue flash build a shed? Here's button? the thing, though. You two. Here's where we would go wrong in Fortnite. You two wouldn't listen to me. You'd be like, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Correct. You oh my cannot, god, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck around. You can't do that though. If you want to win in Fortnite, you gotta move together. And you gotta rotate around the circle. So your whole the whole point is the circle gets smaller, you have to rotate around the circle, around that edge, yeah. and circle and circle and circle, boom. And you're guaranteed like a top three if you if you if you rotate properly. And then you have to and then it's about luck. Then it's can about I, shooting. Can I give you things? Like if my character has yes. something, can I give it to you? 100%. Yeah. So what if Jesse and I just harvested wood for you to build your you're shed? Because you're going to get shot because you're going to go do your own no, thing. No, because you're, you're going to protect us. You're going to no. protect us. You guys would be horrendous. Like, listen, I'd love to have you on the team, but I want my team because you guys are going to be like, no, I feel like, I feel like that's a pretty cool looking farm. I'm going to go check that out. And then you're going to get your ass busted. And then I'm going to be like, see, I told you. And then the 12 year old is going to come and sack you. <laughs> so, but what if I learn how to blue flash? <laughs> I'll teach you. If you guys want to stream Fortnite, I would totally love There's it. There's no way. I'd love it. It'd be so no. much fun. I'm going to play Animal Crossing this week. Dude, Imagine. let oh. me know so we can join each other's islands because island. I have Steve's. Yeah. yeah Man, yeah. it's fun. It's fun because you always are doing something. There's a, there's, a, there's a sad or hilarious streaming idea waiting to happen, and it's a 30 and up Fortnite league. <laughs> I like that just idea. a bunch of people who like grew up playing video games and think they're good at them just getting oh yeah sorry but there's one 12 year old in every game <laughs> who's like darth vader in that Ooh. star wars or nine-year-old from mexico just yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that kid is up to right now but i hope he never gave up on his Fortnite dreams because he was unbelievable but we put one stipulation on them like they're they're a thousand times better than everyone else but they can only use like a melee weapon 
Like, no guns. There's no me- There's not really any melee weapons in Fortnite. You well, I thought there was, like, a hammer or an axe Well, yeah, but that's what you use to harvest, like, wood and, and rock yeah, and, and they, stuff. That's their only the weapon. Axe, you can, yeah. but it sucks. Like, you can't. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. You have to give them a handicap of some kind. Just give them a shitty gun. Give them, like, a shitty gun. Nah, like, give them a a pretty shitty gun. You can't shoot it. <laughs> that's a bad gun. <laughs> this mug is a bad gun. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think it's there's an idea there. All right. I guess this was uh, our press conference. We'll have to oh, save yeah. Adam's history corner for the next podcast. Oh no. Adam, do you want to do your favorite historical corruption? Corruption? Like Yeah. You mean like who was the most corrupt? Yeah, just your favorite most corrupt guy in history. Oh. When the it's NHL easy. changed do you, the do you have a story? Lottery, easy. Mid- All right, that's the tease. Sorry. No, no, Steve. Sorry, Steve. What? What are you saying? Steve, go ahead. Uh, so when the NHL changed their draft lottery mid-pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> <That was good. laughs> no, I mean, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, but there is history. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease this. You, next episode, you will find out about history's greatest rascal. This guy was oh, a rascal. Rascal. Yeah. Ultimate. So, um, nah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Are you going to give his name? No, but if you're if you know anything about history, Napoleon called this guy a sack of shit in a silk stocking. That's how he described him. So oh, that's who we're going to talk about. Would next Charlie time. eat that sack of shit? <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, underrated thing about history: Napoleon had some seer. He was like he had like a, an acid tongue and could just fucking destroy guys. Like if you remember that Nick Cannon show where you had to like your mama jokes. Napoleon would have fucking won that in France. Like, that guy was unbelievable with disses. So, right. anyway, just throwing that out there. And that yeah. guy was, like, an inch and a half shorter than the average man at the time. And for the rest he of wasn't. history, he is known as really tiny. No, he was 5'7". Oh, was he? He wasn't yeah. short. He was normal. Not back then. Huh? Not back then. 5'7 was normal back then. He was 5'7". Yeah. yeah. yeah now yeah. it's a short king status. Right, of course. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back Wednesday. So uh, I'm sure that we'll have some news on the draft by then as well. Um, And hopefully, maybe a little bit more speculation about when we're actually going to see a game. So until then, Steve, what do you say? Blue flash, blue flash, blue flash, blue flash. Get wrecked! Blue blue flash, blue flash. Be better. Be better, be better, get wrecked! on twitter at steve underscore dangle at adam w-y-l-d-e and at jesse blake brought to you by panago pizza order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness connection complete